Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. Today, this is What Did Joe Think About the Walking Dead season premiere and Better Call Saul series finale. We'll also be talking a little bit about the Walking Dead's rating situation and maybe touching in on a couple of other stories that I haven't even prepared Joe for that I want to talk to him about to see if he's watching some shows that have replacement characters on right now and being very disappointed by it. But we're going to get into that a little bit later at the end of the show. Um, I'm, Joe's looking at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm talking about Lethal Weapon. But let's continue. Oh, God, it's depressing. But let's continue here because I know you guys don't give a shit. This is my favorite show that we do on the channel because I don't need to prepare. I don't need to do anything except for play this damn song right here of wait oh this song damn right here what did you think what did you what did you think what did you where is it what did you think we're also going to be taking your comments that you left on the videos for the better call Saul recap and the walking dead recap and we'll be asking them here so instead of text replies with me and my sucking of the English language when I try to type it out. We'll actually be answering your questions live and in person here. So, so here, let me bring in... Oh, no, he's, he's all over the place. He's not, he's not quite ready yet. He's, he's running around. I get Joe right at the beginning of his day, so... We're not alone as well. Today we have the live motherfucking chat. We have Tim Gersh, Cadigate, Rises. Great to see Rises. Fandom D Saint, who was no way you're starting close to 12. We started almost right on 12. The live motherfucking chat. Great to see Daniel T in the live chat. Great to hear Big J got a voicemail or got a text message from Big J earlier, who will be joining us checking this out. He wants he doesn't want to hear anything about The Walking Dead, but he does want to share his thoughts a little bit more on the Better Call Saul finale. But without any further ado, last and not last but not least, for the for Better Call Saul this season, let's get into a little bit of Okay, so which one do you which this is what I don't know what I we should do, Joe. I haven't I haven't been prepared. I didn't prepare for this exactly the right way in the sense of telling you or talking to you about which one we should talk about first. I'm a I'm assuming, I'm assuming here, and I know it makes an ass out of you and me, that you generally, generally liked the Better Call Saul finale, maybe even loved it. I'm assuming that. And I'm also assuming that you generally maybe dislike to meh about The Walking Dead. So which... which well, you already got my voicemail. I did get your voicemail, which, but you were very positive in that voicemail. Your voicemails are obviously usually more happy than you really are because, you know... You I don't have time to really get in. Like, if I, I took actual notes so I could leave a voicemail and I looked at them, I was like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> exactly. You, you can't. You can't. You can't just get into it. You know, you're trying to get your mind right for work. You don't want to lose your temper too much. But which one would you rather talk about first? We can bounce back and forth a little no, bit. No, through no, questions. Your call. Your call. My call. Okay. Let's. You're the. You're the producer, dude. Okay. Let's get the Walking Produce. Dead out of the way first. Let's get the Walking <laughs> Dead out of the way first. Okay. So we started off the Walking Dead season just to give you a little bit of a reminder, Joe. I know you don't really watch the CW superhero shows, but we got a very flash-like start to the season, and this is the first words we, we heard. Because every episode of The Flash or Arrow starts out, My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen, and I'm The Flash. 
10 years ago, I got these powers. And since I've gotten these powers, the world is right. It's, it starts off with these like cheesy monologues. And let's listen. Similarly, how The Walking Dead starts their season. To live in peace. Negan and the Saviors try to take that away from us. Alexandria, the hilltop, the kingdom, and Oceanside came together to yeah, fight for a of, better future. No shit. Hello. You just recapped last season for us in an opener. Well, I thought that was kind of fucking weird. It was. It was a like, very. Nobody at this point is watching season. What is it? Eight, nine, 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 nine. And nobody is watching season nine who hasn't watched anything before who didn't watch season eight like nobody's tuning in now after the great negan like <laughs> joe like, it's funny that you mentioned ratings we're going to talk about this a little bit later but you mentioned it so it's relevant to what you're going to talk about and sharing your thoughts in this episode to be included into your perspective right now i also have to add to the fact that the walking dead broke black man 94 sent me this article and there's a couple different articles about this but broke sent me this and a couple of other people sent me this information it's all over the place it's still six million one. it's still six million people the number one show viewed on amc which is sad considering better call Saul's on the same channel but time slots time slots time dude. slots in repetition but the walking dead season nine has the lowest ratings ever for a premiere it dropped down from 11 million last season at this time to 6.1 million people watched the which is still a lot of people don't get me wrong but it is pales in comparison it is and how many of those people do you think hadn't watched the previous season i think most none me none zero maybe one or two people sitting with like a group of people nobody tuned it sat on their couch alone without someone there to explain last season to them and said, I'm going to watch the season premiere of The Walking Dead, season nine, not having seen anything but since season one or two. So do you think that little intro section, this this shit was used to, to try to make last season and the season before seem more interesting than it was? Yeah. The hilltop, the kingdom, and Oceanside came together to fight for a better future. Joe, I need to fight for a better future. Yeah, fight for this, dude. <laughs> Like, yeah. I, I, so this is like immediate. This is the immediate aftermath. So how long has gone by? Do we know? About at a, this point? I think I think they say a couple times during the during the episode. I don't have the full recap in front. Like recap two. No, no. Three I weeks? think I think it's supposed to be almost a year because Maggie's kid's been born. She's she's gone through pregnancy, had the kid. Right, a year. Okay, okay, about a, a year. year. We'll say. About, let's say a year. So Daryl's been leading the Negan crew for a year, or for however long he's been doing it. Right. But these fuckers, like in that opening sequence, these fuckers are like, oh, let's use a fucking walker as a scarecrow. What could go wrong? <laughs> like, certainly its limbs will never rot off and it will just stumble through in the middle of the night and start eating us. Okay, before we ba get like, what into... what the fuck? <laughs> Joe, but... It's been a year, right? Like, <laughs> it's been a fucking gotta... year. What the fuck? <laughs> what, the, what the flying fuck? And I just want to get some kind of bold thoughts out of it out of this because I do want to make it clear I still think this Walking Dead episode you can bash the fuck out of it and we're going to bash the fuck out of it over the next little bit with Joe Hare and we're going to break it down a little bit get Joe's thoughts on it and he's like I've already said my thoughts I don't want to share any more about it but ultimately well, no, I got plenty of thoughts cool we can break this up. Oh. we can do a whole fucking scene by scene and I will tell you exactly what is wrong awesome. with every scene awesome we're gonna play I swear to god like we're gonna play like as much as as much as like some of this stuff I've railed that they don't show for so long like 
like I, I like these sequences where they show shit getting done and it's mundane shit. I enjoy that. I like to see them working at it. That stuff's good. But like there's things that they do with this that are just ridiculous. Like stupid. This is a year after the merger. This is a year after the war. Everything we've learned about fucking walkers and you still want to tie one up in your fucking cornfield. Now, the question, though, that I just want to put out there, just because I really do believe this, Joe, I think as easily as we can pick apart this episode, as much as there's shit in it in a big pile of crap to talk about, and we're going to talk about it, I still think one episode in, this single episode is better than the last two seasons. I think, I think, it's, I think it's not great, but I think it seems a little bit How better so? to me because... So, okay, 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 let's break it down. In it all down. of the last seasons, right, you have the main character almost get bit, or a main character almost get with that. Check that box off, right? Check that fucking box off. Okay, because Ezekiel fell through the fucking window, right? Okay, uh, how about the, the, the fucking, oh, we just fucking murdered zombies our whole way. Put down fucking walkers our whole way to Washington D.C. calmly, and 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 everything all the way there to the Smithsonian. Spread out in the Smithsonian where there may or may not have been walkers. Took care of whatever was in there, no problem. Any surprises? Okay, yeah, okay, that was all good. But like, we get stuck in a little bit of mud. Six, nine walkers show up. That's one each, dude. That's one each. That's one each of walkers stuck in the mud, slowly slipping their way out of the fucking mud that you can't keep track into your side while they're on the ground and you just murder. Like, I don't understand this. I got to run back and save the horse. Why didn't we all save the horse? Why didn't you? We already cut it free if we were going to freak out and fucking panic. Oh, you forgot about our stranger. Well, I don't even remember what that kid's name was, and we're supposed to care all about him dying. And his... Well, I think he talked Carl into wanting to be a blacksmith, didn't he? No, I think that was the doctor, wasn't it? Are we... I don't think I don't we've know. met this kid before. Let's go into the live chat for it's a in the It's in the book that maybe then the, it's in the book. Another, another it's kid the book. blacksmith that talked to Carl. Yeah, you know, you know more about the book stuff than I do. And uh, where we go, Rick ain't gonna die. He's gonna go to the island and learn archery from Stephen Amell from the Arrow. We got Lady Arrow who's in the live chat says, "Morning, Joe. You're looking great. Uh, morning, Bill. Wendy's. I I wonder if Doctor Who had more views than The Walking Dead last night. Uh, the other night." I uh, do people still no watch way. shows live when they can stream it with no commercials? Live watchers are line and land phone phone producers. The only reason I watch stuff live right now is to do this show. Well, those couch those couch dudes aren't included in Joe's ranting. Hope they should end the series with Rick's death. And hey, Bernie, great to see you. That would be the deepest impact and give closure. They should. I mean, at this point. The series ends for me with Rick because I have no interest in these new actors that they're showing or that are going to be our new characters. And we, there was definite obvious points in this episode where this is going to be a new focus character. Yeah, we got we got the guy in, in Negan's crew there that was on the Black sexy Flag or the sex, sexy sexy singer uh, Negan guy. We have the girl that Daryl was talking to. I think is going to be another main character. In my, I have the vibe that she's somewhat. They're either main characters or they're soon to be dead she people. Was she was also she was one of Negan's girls, the one that was uh what are we gonna do now? Like that was at the warehouse. Yeah. That had a couple of lines. Yeah, she's she's been around for all last season. She was one of Negan's lieutenants, I believe, or close to it. And uh or or eager soldiers just wanted to like she's 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 a wanna fit in her. Like she doesn't care about the Negan shit necessarily, she doesn't care about the Rick shit. She wants to fit in, she wants to do, she wants to be productive for whatever 
society she's going to fit into. Now, Bernie says, I like to watch some shows for live. Yeah, and I watch some stuff live, too. It, it's Sometimes I want to see it as immediate as possible. For the most part, I would stream everything if, if it was easily stream, streamable. Uh, but I do steal and stream DVR. I steal the shit out of some shows uh, on, uh, on links and stuff. I, I definitely watch. I watch most of a show like Shameless, for instance. I don't, I don't do any of that, dude. I, I wait for the TV, and if I miss it accidentally because I have to work or – you don't. I've tried to explain to you how to steal things before, and you're like, eh, this isn't... I've done it. I've done it. I had a, like, here's my thing with, with, with that. It's not the hundreds of hours of entertainment I might get from it. I'll get anyway, and it might cost me a little money, but I don't have to buy a new computer every four years. Fair. For all, for all the spyware that gets added and shit. Right. Like for the shit that does get through that. <laughs> or I don't have to spend a day on the phone with fucking tech somewhere or trying to like reboot and refactory start and reload any or fucking see, programs and shit like that. Like, oh, you know what? Or I'm see, at the point where it's not worth it. Yeah. To or me, see some honestly. of the worst pop ups ever in existence that, that yeah. you click and on. And there's a lot of very trustworthy sites out there. But... Sure. What the fuck? Cynical Lindsay. Great to see Cynical Lindsay in the live chat. She says, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Ber Bernie. I'm with you. What's well, good to see Rises in there as well. I think Joe might appreciate season nine, episode one review I'm working on on your channel. Make sure you check that out on Cynical Lindsay's channel. I would. Uh, I bet Joe will love to check that out. We'll all ch watch that at some point. Cadigate says, I'm glad you two don't show. What makes you think I would like, is it a cynical review? <laughs> yeah, pro <laughs> probably. With a name like with a name like Cynical Lindsay, I, I assume. I assume. Uh, uh, anyways, I'm glad you... And, and is it on my sleeve like that? Is, <laughs> is it like... Are we, do we seem cynical? Now, Cadigate says, I, I'm glad you two don't shill for The Walking Dead. I really do. There's some Walking Dead people, channels that on YouTube where they shill oh. hard for their show. And and I was saying that last... on the. A lot of people were saying, and I want to add this to your, your, to your, to your another log to your fire here, Joe. A lot of people, and I'm not saying anyone. I'm not even talking about anyone specific. I mentioned this in the in the uh, the main review. Now, a lot of people were saying that this is a return to form of The Walking Dead. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that this is slightly better than the last two seasons. No. Why you ask me? I feel like the pacing was better. There was a few less scenes of just. Oh, God, I'm listening to two characters talk about nonsense. It still had those moments. I think killing Gre Gregory at the end of the episode was good, but it was three seasons too late. But it was still a good thing. And, to and get, forced. And, and forced. And, to fo and, and forced to get there. We needed to go through Brett Butler and her family making some stupid thing and having to care about these people that, that we don't even walker know. That stupid walker death. Like, it led back to that stupid walker death it in did. the mud. That's what I'm talking about. It did. Pritchard. I gotta say, this goes to it all. You say, uh, this episode was not as bad as I anticipated as a, as a setup episode that it did its job. Okay, I'll give you that. <clears throat> the number of people doing stupid shit for plot purposes was limited to a few versus last year's everybody. See, the inherit that sentence says it all. This was one episode. A few people <laughs> did stupid shit, right? Versus last year's. You're comparing it. You're comparing this episode to all of last year's. Yes, I mean, in all of last year's, everybody did stupid shit. Everybody uh, didn't do uh, stupid shit in every episode. I'm, it had a few people do a few <laughs> stupid things in every episode, thus hitting everybody on the shit meter. Now, this episode, we've gone off to a big fucking bang. Maggie, not only does she fucking get attacked right in the middle of the night. Maggie acts like – will you at least admit Maggie acts like Maggie again to a certain extent? Well, no, I won't because she doesn't say anything to anybody about who it was or why. She doesn't bring anybody with them uh, to wait outside and just listen to the conversation. And for him, like, he attacks her with a fucking knife. 
Like, yes, okay, great. She can handle herself. We know this. She's a strong, capable person. But no, like, that's being stupid. That's being stupid. Like, this is a person capable of anything, right? Who has been drinking all night as well. Like, get people to stand outside and listen and come in and fucking subdue him when he pulls out his fucking knife. Like, this is not, this is not smart. This is stupid shit. It's more stupid shit. The kid dying was stupid shit. The, 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 the fake intensity behind, the, like, did anybody think the glass was not going to break? Everybody knew it was going to break. <laughs> it was when and who was going to fall through and are they going to get bit? I say, I say, break the mold. No, the glass doesn't break. All that tense and sus- tense tension suspension yep. for nothing. Go fuck yourself, audience. You thought it was going to break because TV dictates in your stupid fucking TV trope world that you're still working in that that glass needs to break. Someone needs to almost die. Oh, look, it was a catalyst to show that 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 Ezekiel and Carol are in love. Come on now. It sucked because I feel like in that situation was almost similar to the Glenn situation a few seasons ago, but even worse because, or maybe the Glenn situation was worse because I feel if you wanted to somehow include some emotional, like losing a character, it wasn't Ken, the little kid that we have no clue who he is, or some people from the comics know who he is. It is, it could be Ezekiel. Cause I agree with you a hundred percent. You're almost echoing things I said the other night with the glass breaking. And we all knew that the glass was going to break. So if you're going to break the, the glass and you're going to do the trope where a character almost dies don't make it ray from ghostbusters 2 with the dude hanging out into the ooze actually kill ezekiel in that moment have some balls kill right. him have the balls have the if, balls to do it if they had killed ezekiel that whole intro had Nobody so much would have fucking known had so much fake tension built up because i liked it i this is where i this is where i'll you know the argue with you quote unquote and i'm putting air quotes up I enjoyed the lead up in that intro scene. I thought the rest of the episode in the fi- I thought the episode ended pretty good and started pretty good. I liked hanging. We got to steal this thousand pound <laughs> antique ancient fucking canoe because we can't hollow out a fucking tree of our own, or we can't go to Amish country. Someone the other night and then, we'll and then to- carry it across the glass. Extra it's weight. Stupid. For what? But if you like what? But if you in that moment actually kill Ezekiel, actually have the balls to have him die there hanging on a string for Walker food, then then you get some you get some teeth again. Maybe not the Walking Dead might not ever get its audience back. It might not ever get to thirty million people like it did again. It won't. It's absolutely not going to get there, especially when Rick Grimes is leaving. And it might have some bursts for single episodes. We all know, and we don't know, spoiler alert if you haven't heard it for five seconds about The Walking Dead. In the last Rick Grimes episode, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, you're done here. Spoiler. Shane is going to show back up in a dream or something. We're going to see Shane again. We're going to see Shane again this season. So maybe... I'm sorry, Rick. I'm sorry, Rick. I'm I'm sorry, Shane. Let's hang out in heaven. (laughs) Come to my show, The Punisher, and start killing things. It's a better show. uh, this this episode didn't but why didn't you kill um, that's all i'm saying joe why didn't you kill ezekiel you had a chance to actually do yep. something with balls and then with killing gregory at the end you could have somehow had it be rick fucked up on the road and maggie went against him and started to go a little awol it didn't need or because gregory did one last thing it didn't need to be because ken died and then we care about ken i air quotes again we care about ken and then we care about ken's family because of the mother's brett butler 
and oh we know that actress so we'll care about her and then have them do some stupid ridiculous bullshit and then have that all lead up to a point where Maggie has to make a decision I feel like some of the elements were all right Maggie getting attacked visually that was a well set up scene her running back and hanging Gregory Joe I'd argue with you I thought that was done pretty well from just but a the base thing is, standpoint the thing is is okay I'm, I'm, I was okay with hanging Gregory. I had no fucking problem with that. Um, <clears throat> Katie, Katie was like, "Why is she like ordering fucking Glenn to uh, Glenn uh, Daryl to do that? Why is Daryl the execution?" Yeah, we've learned from Game of Thrones that she should carry out her own uh, sentence right there. The execution, right? Like it, it, it felt weird. It felt, it, you know. But then uh, on on top of that, the way they get to it all was just so fucking it was just <laughs> I, I, it felt really forced like it felt really forced like fine let's kill gregory but we didn't need to go all round and about like that with the fucking knife fight and shit like we really didn't <laughs> no i agree it, it didn't need to go there like yeah he incited me with all this shit and he gave me the knife but like Ultimately, that's his word against mine. Like, if he doesn't pull out the knife there and he just says, I don't know what the fuck that dude's talking about. We know, like, yeah, sure, I don't like you. That's no secret. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, no, I'm sorry. I'm just reading the chat. Someone's Cadigan said, you guys know that the episode five, which seemingly is going to be Rick's last episode, the one that Shane shows up, Gimple wrote it. So uh, we might be in trouble. Uh, hard. Let's go back. Well, not worried, but worried that Negan will get way too much screen time again and ruin the show. Oh, Negan's coming back. Once Rick dies, it's going to be the Negan show. Uh, straight up. Yep. He's, he's, yep. It, he, you're just getting this world ready for me. There's no way Negan's not becoming a hero slash anti-hero leader of our crew when some weird thing comes in that kills Rick. Whatever ends up killing Rick, we can talk about that later when Joe's on in two weeks. And as we're leading into that point, I think Joe's going to be here for the episode. That's Rick's last one, too. So ultimately, we're going to get Rick dying somehow, and some evil force is going to come in that's going to be too much for everyone to handle. And the only way to handle it is to sick Negan on it. And then Negan comes out, the rock music plays, I'm back, bitches. And he's back, and it's going to be Negan for the second half of the season. And that's going to be the second half of the season. The back half episodes are going to be the Negan's, the Negan becomes a good guy stretch. And they've already started it. They started it last season. Joe and I pointed it out a lot. It's happening. And yes, Ken is gone too soon. We all care about Ken. Also, the live chat says, Centovia says, wait, Shane's in heaven? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> sorry. And then, uh, who's Ken? The kid that got eaten? The kid. And then Bernie says it's easy to get in these days. I gotta, I gotta save the horsey. No. no. And, then, and then as he lay dying, they go slaughter all the zombies like it was nothing. Like it was nothing. Like they should have done in the first place. Okay, us four will handle it. This is nothing. We've done this a thousand times. <laughs> Cadigan says, every time I play Super Street Fighter 2 from now on, I'm going to choose Ken, Ken as my player to remember Ken of The Walking Dead. <laughs> I can't believe anyone's still watching Maya and says, uh, Bernie, Gregory Negan, excess savior population should not have seats in the lifeboat. Dead already in my script, says K. Rich. Uh, Dart says, the Ken death was needed but went down way too dumb. And I agree that something yep, was needed yep. to drag to drag Maggie. And that's my point. If you're, you're going to do that, 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 like it, it from there his death the mom and dad 
uh, the governor getting the governor hanged. That's all one storyline, right? So you needed the catalyst of the kid dying. Okay, sure. Have the kid fall through the fucking glass. The lightest of the whole fucking bunch. As he's like, oh, I just got to go run back and get the rope. You make, and then fall through. You make that an, is stupid enough, and it works. And it's fun enough to watch. Dead. Yeah, fun enough to watch because you get to see a kid hanging on a string and getting chopped by walkers, and it's somewhat not even. Shock he's value. not even on on a string. Like he just falls straight just, okay. through, and he gets fucking right. Both of them. You can that. you can have. His, he wants to run back, and he jumps off the last stair like an idiot. And like you can even put do. you can put in a moral moment of whatever where both. The where the kid and Ezekiel both fall in at the same time. Ezekiel's on the string, the kid falls down, and they all decide to save Ezekiel, or Carol does, and then we get more of Carol hating kids. I mean, there, there's <laughs> killing kids or something. There's, there's ways to do it to make it funny, make it interesting, make it not stupid and not, and not uh, cut, your, cut your balls off to spite your dick. Ultimately, it's, and that's what this episode did for me. Because I don't think it's, oh, yeah. I don't think it was horse shit bad like some of the stuff in the last two seasons. I'll be honest, but it's, it. This was worse. A, no, this was worse because it's a premiere. It was a premiere. They had a chance to do some cool shit, and they choose the way of you had a chance to make a good decision, and you chose stupidity. And right, you wrote, you wrote TV trope trash instead but of taking an opportunity, which, which in. Pale which ridiculous comparison to the show we're going to talk about next, which I, I just want to preview something I'm going to say then, where I was listening to a podcast about the last show that was that we're going to talk about, and I don't want to spoil it for any. It's Better Call Saul. They were talking about how a certain section of that episode, and we'll talk specifically about that in our discussion about that, was not working. They had an idea for it. They, they recorded it. They filmed it a certain way, and they wanted it to be set up in a certain structure. They watched it back, and they said to themselves, this isn't working. And they trashed it. They said, we're not doing this. We're better than this. And they chose to do something different. And there was some stuff that didn't match up properly. And they talked about it where this was set up in a different way. So we had to use this shot similar to Back to the Future with uh, Eric Stoltz. And there's certain shots that they just had to keep because you can't reshoot everything. And certain stuff, they just don't have the time or the money to reshoot. But they went in and they restructured a whole section of an episode because it didn't work. Do you think The Walking Dead does that? I, I don't think they do, or maybe they do, or maybe they do, and they decide this actually makes too much sense. This has too much balls to it. We need to make this stupider or something. Or we, need, we can't kill a main character here. We can't do this. Maybe it was written that a main character dies, and then they decide, well, well, Rick's leaving, so we can't lose any more main characters, so we need to kill someone that we hardly know, and enter fucking Ken. Fuck Ken. S sorry, Joe. So let's, let's go down. Uh, they... Like they killed. To be fair, caveat Scott Kimple's strength is writing solo episodes, so maybe it might be a good episode. With Rick's last one, we got Dwarf Burger, which uh, the 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 lovely Dworkin in the live chat. Ken was one of the better reasons. Fuck you, Ken. Fuck you, Dworkin. I know you're just trolling. You you didn't even watch the episode. <laughs> I I challenge. Don't listen to Dwarf Burger Swamp Swamp Beer in the live chat. He is he is the uh, the worst troll on the planet. He is the biggest troll. He will yeah, troll you yeah. in real life. Yeah. He defines the word troll. He's Base. he's hanging out. Uh, he's, he's the all troll. Yeah, he's all the, the he's the DM troll. The Don't bridge ever, troll. Yeah. and never play never play D and D with him too. He's evil. Send in the dwarf burger. Send in the dwarf burger. That's right. Michelle Brown, Michonne, Michonne and Daryl should have been able to handle that little group. That scene was dumb. It was wasn't only dumb. It was also very very cheesy and not in a good way. When 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 Rick goes, you two. You two handle this. I can't do a Rick voice right now. You two handle this. And the two of them go in and get all action 
I usually I like scenes like that, but for some reason the way it was handled was really ridiculously cheesy. Uh, glass breaks, stomps out of Negan's glass breaks and stomps out of jail cell like Magneto. I would say. Let's continue back. Oh, scrolling down. Ken was one of the. I keep I keep going to to Dwarf Burgers. Uh, <laughs> Dwarf Burgers. Ken is a great character. If they had killed Ezekiel right there, I would have been actually shocked. But no, they killed Ken. The fuck? Maggie had Glenn's kid. Lori had Shane's kid, but not Rick's. Rick always claimed her. No, 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 no. Did you see that kid? You saw that kid, right? It's got blonde hair. They made a point to give it Rick's blonde locks, not Shane or Laurie's dark hair. I mean, I know that doesn't say anything, but if we're going by Game of Thrones, right? Oh, the, uh, the, the, the seed is strong with Rick Grimes. Right. I mean, if we're going by Game of Thrones rules, it's Rick's kid. <laughs> I see. Yeah, so. I was I was joking while watching the episode that he was looking more and more like Shane in every situation, every every moment. The horse kicked him in the breaking rib, which punched a hope hope in his lung. <laughs> says Tim. Oh, f- flaming trash. Says uh, says Dwarf Burger. The Walker bite did not kill Ken because they could have chopped off his arm. Didn't they bite? Didn't he bite him in sort of his lower chest area? I wasn't I wasn't sure. I thought it was a. I thought it was in a position, and that's another thing, Joe, that I thought was yeah. done pretty well. That when they when Ken gets bit in the stupidest editing ah. in the worst way, they 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 cut it in a way we haven't seen from a character's perspective turning into a walker in a while. And I thought that was done pretty well. I just wish it was a character we cared about. Did I step out of the room? He t- actually turned. They let him. No, no, no. He doesn't turn. turn, but he's like dying. We we get this sort of shaky cam thing where we hear him hear voices very subtly like in a whisper and you see him dying and losing his mind and shit a little bit so i guess i liked that we were uh, in a character that something bad's happening to a character and it feels like the it, whispers a little yeah maybe maybe i, I don't talk too I much didn't, i didn't catch that i didn't catch that and i didn't think like big deal big so the kid the kid died well on screen like okay uh the whole getting to him die on screen was absolutely fucking stupid and i don't know how you could pay attention after that so like like let me go save the horse okay i'm down with that i'm down with saving the horse but like i don't understand the freak out over the walkers you've been living in this world for how many fucking years running around clearing (laughs) clear Joe, it's ah! Joe, it's because they feel like they need to make the walkers me. dangerous again, and but they're but but that's the thing. They're only dangerous if you've learned nothing and tie them up in a fucking cornfield, <laughs> and don't and 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 freak out and everybody scatter and run when instead of doing what you've been doing this whole fucking time to stay alive. Like you see the threat, you see where they are. Don't get too close to three of them at once unless there's three of you at once. Keep an eye on your surround. Like, I know they're stealthy. Uh, apparently, they, Hashtag they make no Joe sound hates- with their moaning and walking over leaves and sticks and through mud. Hashtag and, like, Joe hates This thing was, was, was 15 feet away. All he did was fucking turn around and the thing was on him. Like, do they teleport now? Is that it? Is this just like off-screen teleportation that we've never, like, they just don't talk about it? <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I like how they made it to DC Not really dangerous. Really Yeah, they make it all the way to fucking DC, dude. All the way to, from wherever Alexandria is, however many five, ten, two miles out. This is the first time we're really second time maybe we're really seeing DC. And they're at the fucking Smithsonian downtown, right? No fucking zombies around. Okay, great. They've all cleared out of some of the cities. But like buildings, trapped in buildings and rooms like that they've boarded themselves up in. Like 
getting there, small groups wandering out of fucking gas stations, whatever. You took care of them all, creeping out of the woods on the road. Oh, there's one, get it. There's one, get it. There's one, get it. But no, no. This this herd comes out and like y'all freak and fucking scatter instead of turning around, stopping with the fucking stupid wagon and killing them all and then taking your time with the wagon so you don't kill your horse so you don't fucking break your wagon that's 150 fucking years old dragged there from the frontier (laughs) exactly joe that walker came from fucking nowhere says dart and uh let's continue into the live chat where did they get those chains they got it from the night king uh those legless crawling ones will sneak up on you they're they're just crawling on the ground says and, and the walker right walks by the whole back of the fucking horse instead of taking a bite they <laughs> eat animals too right they go after the animals we've seen them go for some animals instead of people or stay eating animals instead of getting up off the pe- like okay Centovius Sinto- sure. says did did ken have a weapon when he went back to free the horse i don't think so he's an idiot horses, dude. <laughs> sorry joe that was said in the live chat. <laughs> You're just catching up to seeing the visual of that. Uh, did Ken have a weapon? No. Uh, Peter says, I'm no Eugene, but they should be funneling walkers into fire pits by now. I took the day. Bliss says, I took the day off of work to watch this live. This is so great. Whoa, whoa. Who just said that? Right? Why aren't they doing this? Like, they know fire attracts them. <laughs> they know they can walk around with, with shit on them and not get, and not, and, you know. There, there's smarter ways to handle situations like this. I always thought I'd get on a boat in an ocean and come ashore just for supplies, says Bernie. Uh, I think they dealt with that in Fear of the Walking Dead, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch long enough to, to, to get that. But there was one point where they were on a boat there. I remember that. And then there were walkers underwater, well, that, like, that, breaking the boat or some shit. Yeah, that brings up a whole, like, there's a great uh, couple chapters in World War Z uh, where they tie up, like, those colonies of boats. Stop talking about good zombie together. stuff. No, no, right? And they're tied together. <laughs> <clears throat> but we all know, right? Noise travels better in water than it does in the air. So all these anchors and chains and boat bottoms that are tied together create a lot of noise through the ocean, through the and it starts attracting like mass amounts of zombies that have all drowned, that have all fallen or walked into the ocean and shit like that. And they end up climbing up chains and climbing up the anchors and getting some people. Like it's re- it's really well done, really well written. Like like this is shit that they could have explored like they don't even explore like necessarily bloated water zombies too much no we have to we have to deal with uh, emotional issues of characters i'd Vo- never go near the fucking water if there was zombies in the world volley says volley's ta- and more than a tub volley's taking the day off or taking some time off work to watch this as well jimmy olsen blues hey uh cannot watch live different time zones uh next year jimmy great to see you thank you so much for the super chat donation let me spin the fucking wheel for you uh, Cadigat says, really I love good. World War Z, the book. Best reason to have really boat good. sex. <laughs> Cynical the says... Movie. They did such terrible shit. They should have just made fucking vignettes for that movie. Uh-huh. Had fucking Brad Pitt do interview with a vampire zombie style. Jimmy, Jimmy, you landed on... You landed on Bite of a Sandwich. So if you're out there and you have some sandwich meat in the next few minutes, make sure you take a bite of a sandwich for Jimmy Olsen Blues for that huge amazing thank you super chat donation you are great yes tim i did shave i have to go to a uh, job uh, interview like thing tomorrow so i needed to shave for that but that's okay i grew up my beard because i knew it was going to be shaving exactly we we work in uh, you know one of these days we'll both have beards together grow your beard back right now 
I will try to do that. I don't have any. I let me see if I have the ability to do that. I don't know. Let me see. No, no, can't can't do it. Can't do. It. I was gonna pop up a picture, but I realized I Dude, didn't have one. Give it two days. It'll be like it nine. will. It will. Seriously, really. Seriously. really. That she grows on him. I shaved this morning. It's already. Hairy it's already I am. I'm a hairy bastard. You don't want to hear about it. Okay, Jess. So let's get back to talking about this Walking Dead before we change subjects. Uh, let's see. What what didn't we I see? Stephanie. I, I heard Stephanie's like, yeah, dude, I was very bored for a lot of this. I thought it was very fucking, it was snooze fest right on Steph. Do you think that Maggie made the right, let's, let's examine at least one thing about the episode. Do you think Maggie made the right decision to say, fuck the saviors, they need to give me something back if I'm going to keep giving up food, and to finally say, fuck it with Gregory and hang him and make a point? Just from a show standpoint, do you think Maggie made the right decision? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. Because there's, I mean, there doesn't really need to be any proof. She should have killed him long ago. Um, she probably just should have walked in and slit his fucking throat. I mean, what difference would it have made in the eyes of the community as far as I see? She's still killing this guy that a lot of people still like. Right? Like, and she's doing it very publicly. Uh, but she could just as easily be like, yeah, I just slit this motherfucker's throat, put her on a pike in, in the fucking yard. What's the difference? <laughs> like, I like think... oh no, the kids saw. Like, they're all going to fucking hear about it anyway. No? Yeah, and why do it as a public hanging? I mean, I guess you want to make a, make a scene about it, but I would have just, that, I that, just that, stabbed that... him in that moment in the in the room where you re when she wrestles him down and he tried to kill her with the knife. I just would have taken the knife and, stab and stabbed him right there and been and called it a day. Let's see. Uh, would that have been? Would that have been cold blood though? Would they have? Would they have been like she? She? He said that he tried to kill her. He? They planned it, and then she went right over there and stabbed him, instead of dragging him out and hanging him in front of everybody. I don't see necessarily a difference in the mind of a lot of people. <clears throat> that being said, this dude needed to die, like you said, three three seasons ago. Like, yeah, but Matt, but I do think I, I definitely like Maggie's. And so, and so let me, let me say this too. If that's the case, if you're going to drag him out and fucking just hang him for what he did, why don't you just get in your fucking car, drive over to fucking Alexandria and put a bullet in your pal and, and what's yeah. Rick going to do? You oh think, no. Yeah. yeah. You think Rick's oh, no. going to, yeah. uh, I, I'm leaving now. Okay. It's okay. Bye Rick. What is Rick going to do? Good point, Joe, because Rick is not, if her and Daryl go to the prison and go and kill Negan they're not gonna no one's gonna stop them Rick's not they gonna are, they are two of the four so-called presidents right there's four communities there's a king there's elected fucking uh what's her name and there's appointed the uh, elected Maggie there's appointed Daryl and then there's uh just assumed control Rick right Rick dictatorship Rick dictatorship uh, okay so so Rick says no kill him ezekiel i don't know if we necessarily have one way or the other he needs to die he's kind of like a fence post and then two he should have been killed right away so you go and fucking hang this man in public get in your fucking car drive over to alexandria go down to whatever fucking prison cell they put him in and shoot him in the fucking face you didn't like it rick what are you gonna do you gonna put me in jail now like dude no, you go down there, you build up your forces, and you stop stop him. And I love how Rick's trying to use 
use the kids as a come on you gotta come bring the kids to alexandria come home everybody and it's you you get negan sitting in a cell living waiting to be the star of the show and everyone knows it but you rick just kill him and be done with it and it's it's quite it's quite ridiculous so to answer your question, I think she yeah, did the right thing. And no, with the with the Gregory thing, she did it to Gregory. Why doesn't she go do it to Negan? She has like, okay, Gregory tried to kill you. Okay, great reason to kill him. Great reason to murder this motherfucker. He tried to take his your child's only mother away from him. Guess what? Negan took your child's father, the love of your life. The love of your life, the person that you decided you chose to spend your entire life with, okay, murdered him, beat his fucking head in, and you allow Rick to put him in a prison and keep him there. Because on a whim, he decides, after deciding we're all going to kill this motherfucker, he decides, no, there's a better way. I'm Batman. I'm Batman Grimes. I don't kill. I don't kill. I'm not going to kill the Joker. Again, Again, and I bring this up. This is a movie trope. This is a TV trope, right? Uh, uh, I am going to fight my way to the boss, right? <laughs> I am going to fight my way to the boss. I am going to kill, murder, shoot in the face. Nathan Drake is responsible for this. Hundreds of foot soldiers who are just getting paid to be guards, <laughs> and then you come out of nowhere shooting your fucking gun at Red them, shirts. Blasting, blasting them away. Well, they might shoot you first if you decide to go that route and not be stealthy or whatever. But anyway, they're paid fucking guards and you kill them one by one for trying to kill you. But the guy who pays them to do it at the very top, (laughs) when you get to him, he tries to kill you even. He tries to kill you. But no, I'm going to arrest you. That's wrong. I killed hundreds of your fucking men. Dozens of your men, Negan. It doesn't matter. To get to you. Joe, killing people. But you're not going to die. I'm just going to put you in prison. This needs to stop. Get out someday. You might not. But like. This murder needs to uh, stop. Oh my God. Jessica Jones got it right. Jessica motherfucking Jones got it right. She's not fucking around. She is not fucking around. Sorry, sorry. She got it right. She got to the fucking. What was his name? Kilgrave or some shit? Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert for Jessica Jones. She got to that motherfucker. And she killed that motherfucker. She didn't say, I'm going to arrest you where anything could happen in the future. You get out and you try to kill me and dozens of other people again or continue your reign of anarchy, fucking Negan, right? No. She goes and fucking kills the motherfucker like she set out to do. Does this make her a bad hero? No. Does this make her a good hero? Yeah, 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 it does. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Dozens of families, hundreds of people will feel some sort of satisfaction <laughs> that this fucking psychopath was murdered. We were talking about video games. Imagine if you Link gets to the final boss and gets to Ganon. He's like, yeah, I don't feel like killing him. Now, I, now, I'm, I'm going to let him live. I want to stress and make clear that in my my examples, I'm talking about the movies. <laughs> no, no, we're talking, Fantasy, about, we're talking about Marionette. No, we, I feel like, Joe, time. Joe, this, okay. this is a, I almost want to put this as we a, war- a warning. We're talking, yes, everything that we talk about on the show is the land of make-believe. These are our toys. We're talking about what we want to do in make-believe <laughs> playland to these characters. These are not, these are not real Mine people. Comes yes, out yes. and murders yes. that Na- motherfucker. Nathan Drake is not a real person. <laughs> 
Nathan Drake is done if Mr. Meeseeks shows up. Yeah, it's done. Okay, so we just we need to get that. We, we need to clarify that we're not talking about real people. We're talking about characters. We're, we're, we, are Lord, we are Lord Helmet playing with our dolls right now. That's all. Uh, Cynical Lindsay says, thank you, Joe. It's acceptable to execute that Negan should have been killed. Hearing Michonne say they wonder if they should have killed Negan makes Carl's death completely points, pointless. K. Rich yep. says, hashtag, Joe might, <laughs> might makes right. Uh, yes, mor- morality should be a thing on The Walking Dead. Joe favors a should, knife to the back of the head. Shouldn't be a thing. Shouldn't be a thing. Yeah, shouldn't be a thing. Thank you, Joe. And like, that, our our view of morality, like, yeah, it's completely different. It's changed. Like, you just, you just did, hung a man without a trial on the word of another drunk man and... <laughs> Like, yes, he attacked you in the middle of the night, but nobody saw it. Nobody witnessed it. Again, that's your word against his. And you just hung him. There was no trial. There was no conviction. There was no nothing like that. And you hung him very publicly in front of everybody, including two children who came out who weren't being watched again. Right. <laughs> they, they don't. That's all right. That's all right. We can show them the flowers. Don't go kill. We, we have we have Carol around. She can always show them the flowers if they need be. OK, so to just jump around a little bit. Uh, to- Michelle, and, and who? What I, this is, this is the mindset. You're more horrified. You're more horrified that two children see you take new world justice, right? And know what that is going to be and learn a very valuable lesson from it. You're more horrified from that than the fact that this man is being hung very publicly in front of everybody out of uh, anger and like no like i said no try none of that stuff like like that horrifies you more than the than what's about to happen that the kids are going to witness like that to me is very strange too that's uh, like that's strange writing on that's the very strange on the ups- no protest that you're going to murder this man <laughs> on the word of these two guys and what maggie says happened in that trailer but also everybody's okay with that everybody even the Gregory supporters are okay with that. Nobody's speaking up. Nobody's saying a word. Everybody's just like Maggie Tatorship is now in effect. <laughs> and and on the upside, though, we did get a reference that about gas being made. So so there's that. <laughs> at least yeah, at least they can't grow enough corn. Grow enough corn. They, sure. They can't grow enough corn to supply. <laughs> enough gas i love how they threw that i love how they threw that line in though like that could absolutely work that's that's an obvious thing just from uh like it takes a lot of corn to produce the ethanol yeah just even even just a little bit of it uh dwarf burger says it's good to be rick in the rick Rick dictatorship tim says oh kenny boy those pipes pipes with the gasoline that you have left to get it to last longer but Let's see. Uh, the only way it's going to be helpful. Life in a bo- love in a box is worse than is a life worse than death. Joe favors knife to the back of the head. Oh, Kenny boy, the pipes and pipes and, are calling. Go, oh, Ken. We're going to miss you, buddy. I don't understand is okay. You can't take the saviors. It's been a year, right? You necessarily can't take them all and put them in these other communities and spread them out, right? Not necessarily, but where you're going to be living near them and trading with them anyway and all this shit and apparently working with them now and offering them supplies and all this shit. Yeah, they're going to be building Why a bridge together. still in a dead zone factory? Are there really that many of them? A hundred of them? Twenty of them? Fifty of them? Why haven't we gone out and found them a new place to settle in that doesn't have 
fucking poisoned Monsanto fucking land. All yeah, why don't we there. clear another since this whole area seems to be under control because all we have all the organizations here. Why don't we go get another community like in Alexandria or something like right, that? And clear out, clear out fucking uh, the opposite. I don't know. At, Jamestown or yeah, some, some, shit. some shit like that. No, I, I definitely hear what you're saying there. Let's catch up in the chat a little bit here. Uh, we got lots of Ken love. Oh, Ken, we're going to miss you, buddy. Oh, Ken, poor Ken. Uh, and Phil had a weapon. It was called a Hadouken. Where, uh, where's the drunk getting his booze, making the toilet hooch? I, I assume they're making the toilet hooch, like bathtub gym, like DJ said, and, or just uh, collecting over time, alcohol building up. But I'm sure, I'm sure there, there are some people making some home hooch in one of these places. You don't want kids uh, hanging the to see see the hanging though. I'm rooting for the zombies now, says Dwarf Burger. And Ru Ryu or Ru is there. Hashtag Joe hang him high. Uh, Birdie the bird. Kids seeing zombies is okay though, but they can't see a hanging person. Big Kev said. Right, right. I, I love you, Birdie. Uh, Big Kev says, what the fuck is up, guys? I've been waiting for this. Joe, eat a sandwich. I think uh, the way Gregory tried to kill Maggie was better in the comics than the show. Joe, do you want to talk a little bit about this, uh, about Gregory and Maggie in the comics versus the show, if you have memory of I that? Don't, I don't really remember it. Big Kev, here's your spin. Uh, I do know I liked it a lot more. And, again, this is this is some of the stuff. Like, okay, take a lesson from what your fans have said in critical reviews, right? Uh, and from other shows that have done things right when there is source material, right? Game of Thrones, again, I got to compare everything to Game of Thrones because it's Game of Thrones, right? They take material from the books and they change it. And they keep material from the books in some instances in pivotal scenes very much the same, okay? It's a great balance, and there's no reason why you can't take this source fucking material and balance it to a point where you can take a, a scene that is as pivotal as this Gregory Maggie scene and do it the same way. Yes, book readers are going to know it. How many book readers are left with this show, watching this show? Probably a fair amount, and that's good reason to give them something directly from the book and if there aren't book readers well then you're still giving them something fucking new yeah so on a scene like this it makes perfect sense to take what what uh what kirkman has done and written and and and, and published and do it almost exact it has a much better feel a much better outcome you're absolutely right big kev it was done better in the books and this is a scene that could have been taken directly from the books it would have pleased book readers and it would have pleased uh new watchers and watchers that aren't familiar with the books and whatsoever and they've done that in the past and done it to success so uh it's interesting that they they go back barely, and forth barely i think i think a couple moments they did it pretty well with uh with the Alexandria thing where Rick shoots the husband and stuff. I thought that whole section yep. was done, was done pretty well from a uh, book to show. I thought that was one of the better, better ones. And there was a couple of other moments here and there, but for the most part, I definitely agree with what you're saying a hundred percent. And let's go, let's finish up in the chat here. Big Kev says, Joe, the beard's coming in perfect right in time for winter. The walking dead jumped the shark with the Glen long ago says dwarf burger. Do you, did you go over Maggie's pregnancy? Yeah, it happened. She had her baby and it's, uh, it's they skipped over that time so they could never make her pregnant 
Rich says, I'm beginning to believe that The Walking Dead has jumped the shark. I actually like fear better at this point. Uh, Bernie says, I presume the graphic novel and, and saw Carl lose his eye before it happened. Oh, oops. Didn't uh, No, Carl's gone. It doesn't matter at that, at that point anymore. So is there anything else to talk about in this episode that we haven't really hit on? Ezekiel and Carol and all of that. Was, was that just yawn fest for you? Uh, no, I guess we, we didn't talk about his, Rick's big push is to get Daryl home, to rekindle his, his friendship mm -hmm. and Carol is going to like take she, over. She, yeah. He sees Daryl going downhill and, and it's just like, you need to get out of here. I'm going to take over this place. Did you enjoy some of the scenes that we got or the scene we got with Carol and Daryl together? I enjoyed that. And I Me did too. enjoy Me too. like the, uh, the Carol given given Ezekiel though. shit I liked Ezekiel in this episode more than I liked him because he dropped the thou art when mortal shit just him and Carol together when, he drops it yeah for her he, and it's and all right that's that's annoying to me and like like as a as as a townie I would be like at every moment mocking this motherfucker in the way he talks <laughs> like you're gonna thou at me like while I'm fucking like talking to you and shit like dude I've accidentally put thou in my phone to you mocking him yeah now every time i go to type <laughs> yeah you, you have if i don't look close enough it says thou and i'm like oh my god my phone has gone completely fucking ezekiel on me <laughs> your phone's what going ezekiel dude yes, you don't want to turn on the ezekiel setting that's tough to turn off it is so tough to turn off no matter how many times i like i catch it and like click on the oh no i meant you for that like like nope it still keeps showing up my fat fingers keep typing thou instead or it keeps turning it to thou it's so annoying. Like, if I was in this town, like, I would be like, get up on thou's fucking high horse and ride it right up your fucking rainbow ass, sire. Like, <laughs> like, drop the fucking pretense. You are a fucking beast fucking theater actor. And this shit comes off as fucking stupid. <laughs> like, you've lost your fucking mind. How is he? And, oh, you're elected president of your fuck. And I'm stuck with fucking king, a fucking monarchy over here. Like, what the fuck? Is his kid just going to be like, if he has a kid with Carol, that's the heir to the fucking Ezekiel throne? Like, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Really. Like, there's no way. Phil, is there any way I end up in any of these fucking communities and I'm, and I'm happy with the way fucking shit gets decided probably not i mean like, it's gonna be a joe tatorship or it's gonna be a fucking democracy and that's it yeah i mean i could see i could see some there's way there's ways to salivate salivate some of your needs where you'd just be happy just hanging out like like, like a, a dictator if they knew how to play you right could probably play you and just like give you everything you need so you wouldn't ask questions like yeah like if negan set you up in a room with the sega genesis and a harem or something coming in there i think maybe you just be like okay you, you, can, you can run your community any way you want you, you want i'll i'll back off negan harem passes yeah you, a, you'd be like his merle every, every yeah. couple months yeah you'd be like his merle for the most part you know you'd, you'd be like okay i'll i'll listen i'll listen <laughs> <laughs> no dude it doesn't fly like it doesn't fly. Oh, even, no, even no, 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 no way. No way. You would be, you would be crazy annoying. I, I wouldn't charge, even want to do it. I would have a tough time being in charge. Like, Joe, I know you don't have any interest in doing this, but I wouldn't even want to do an escape room with you or something. It would, it would get really like tense. 
It would get really <laughs> tense being stuck in that room trying to escape the room with you. First of all, you'd be calling us all stupid. Secondly, you'd be tr- you'd be uh, you'd be trying to do everything really fast. I played basketball with Joe, and and Joe occasionally, if the game wasn't going his way, he'd go into Super Joe mode where he just wouldn't pass the ball for about twenty minutes, and he would but just. What would happen? What would happen? We'd usually catch up and score, but that's beside the point. But anyways, we'd usually win. We'd we'd catch up, and then you then we'd have to talk into you, and then we'd do some team shit and win at the end. But anyways, let's let's continue. That's a different topic for a different day, Joe. So, well, honestly, a dictator in this world might be kind of uh, effective. I am very competitive. Correct. This is not this is not a secret. When when I have something, I compete with myself. I compete with others. Like I'm a very. It was instilled upon me from my older brother. With a show we're going to talk about, yeah anything see but let me win or actually did i ever have like a few years older than me so but like (laughs) see the better call saw reviews if you want to hear more about that that relationship yep basically oh yeah yeah. (laughs) so what what else is there i mean we got to see i think there was a participation trophy for everyone in this episode one of my favorite parts of the episode and yes (laughs) we're not talking about we're not talking about uh real characters here again these are fake people but my favorite part of the episode was when we had well i'm gonna do a little example here oh what's her name you need to get yeah yeah yeah, where we have I'm gonna do this again where we have the guy wrestling with Maggie you know wrestling with Maggie ah, I'm gonna fucking I'm hurt you and then Enid comes in I'm gonna help you bam done <laughs> done and then Enid suddenly in a wheelchair I, I don't know uh, concussion man yeah she had a yeah. big a head wound there yeah yeah but anyways but we saw we saw Gabriel we saw we saw Eugene we saw a lot of other characters we got, we got touched in by uh, to everybody we got touched uh, by everybody we did get touched by everybody it was it was it was a, there was a lot of like I said I like the getting shit done stuff right there was but... a lot of okay in this episode there wasn't a lot of there was a couple of moments of fair but there was still a lot of shit I'm not, I'm not, when I'm saying it was better than last season, I don't mean it was good. I mean, it, last season, and especially season seven, was just horseshit. Last season had a couple of all right sex episodes here and there, but, uh, but th- this, for the most part, had some okay and had some fair and had some meh. It was, meh. Boring. It, it was boring. It was boring. It was boring. After the intro, it was boring. Yep, because they didn't do, they followed all. Uh, was it Critchard earlier? Yeah, there was a few stupid moments, and there was too many stupid moments for a season up. premiere, and it sets a tone for what should be the rest of the season. It was very kind of like a, a premiere is supposed to be something that grips you and pulls you in and makes you want to watch the rest of the season. Uh, Maggie hanging Gregory, which should have happened three seasons ago, doesn't make me want to do it. Another fake is uh, main character you know quick getaway another red shirt death these are not things that make <laughs> these things not make a good show no <laughs> i'm sorry right? trying to say it like, like yoda that's it, just, I it doesn't <laughs> like there was some touching moments there was some comedic moment i guess but like eh, it was Over- it felt short and it was a bad start i mean what's her name uh kang kang Angela Kang, yes. Angela Kang. She has a lot to overcome with where the story got written to, but she was a writer for a lot of that shit. And, and she's a like protege saying, of Gimple. Right. So there's things that she's gonna that she's learned to do 
that she believes were successful moments in the TV show's past that we're going to see over and over again, apparently. Now, maybe this was just, I'm going to try to clean up some of this shit as quick as possible. I think this whole first... on with my, my thing. I think that's... For, but... I think that's what's going to happen in this whole first half, Joe. So I guess is there anything else that we haven't talked about about The Walking Dead? That being said, we are going to go back and take some comments from the video section. So this isn't the last time we're going to talk about The Walking Dead. We're just going to step over to a different television program now. And uh, and and feel free to, when we get open things up at the end a little bit, if you have any Walking Dead questions, feel free to ask them. We're definitely like, no, no more talking about The Walking Dead now. But here we go. Let's talk about this show now. I'm here before you today to vouch for Daniel Stark. Your honors, my name is Joseph Adamson, Adamson Field and Wright. It's my pleasure to stand before you this afternoon and vouch for Gina Robles. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Charles McGill, senior partner at Hamlin Hamlin McGill. I stand before you to vouch for my brother, James Morgan McGill. Your Honor, it's Nathaniel Scott, solo proprietor, and I have the pleasure to stand a vouch today for Francis Yu. Oh, fuck, yeah! Ah. What a song. What a song that they sing in karaoke together, right? The, and this was a big part of stuff I learned in the Better Call Saul Insiders podcast where the ABBA thing... They had to work really hard. ABBA doesn't usually give out their songs. And, or I'm saying that was a good song to start up. But I mean, all the ABBA shit in this episode was uh, by luck that the music director happened to bump into one of the ABBA guys that was a fan of Breaking Bad. And still, they needed to work within their own stuff. The Muzak version that they got, and they hinted this earlier in the season, all needed to be created by ABBA. They don't usually hand out their songs, but they did because they love this show and they convinced them that the sh- yeah. then they're fans of the show. But enough of that. Sorry. Joe... Better Call Saul, the season finale, was this week. I don't think enough people are watching this show, but I don't care because I'm watching it and I love it. I thought this season was the best season yet. I would yet. ask twice if it was picked up for fifth season. <sighs> to which my only response was, that shit was a lock at go that this was going to go five seasons. No matter how many people watched this show, <clears throat> it was going five seasons, no matter what. If they had to move it, move nights or whatever... It was a lock for five seasons, period. Yeah. And this television, this episode was an excellent, se- excellent season finale. So much great shit to talk about. I, I don't even want to break down this whole episode again because we, we, I, I did it and we don't have to. We're just going to kind of go. <laughs> uh, like, it's how TV should be done. And like I say, when I, I talk to people about at work, friends on PS4 and, you know, neighborhood or whatever and a big thing of what i talk about is television because that's the best small talk there is and i'm passionate about it as you see sometimes and uh every time i'm like they're like what are you watching i'm like well i really like game of thrones and, and i really like better call saul aside from that there's nothing else there's nothing else i need to watch i need to make sure i see like it it television is has there's a few shows and it started like around Sopranos and there's a few first seasons of shows, but that, that fell off, but these first seasons and then surprising long runs of some other shows like Sopranos, like Oz that have, and there's problems with both of those shows too. Don't get me wrong, but there's problems with all shows except for right. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. I know. I mean, there's pre- you could... to this point with Breaking Bad and, and, and Better Call Saul and Game of Thrones, 
I've reached a point, and even the first few seasons of Walking Dead, I reached a point where other TV is awful. I can't, I, I almost can't watch it. Now, you mentioned Lethal Weapon. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Is. Yeah, we're going to talk about, talk about yeah. stiff, the Stifler Lethal Weapon thing in a little bit later. But to talk a little bit more about Better Call Saul, this episode really carried, pulled the season together. Is like the dude. Big Kev for another Super Chat donation. You landed on drum fun earlier. I'll give you a drum solo at the end of the podcast. Let me spin the wheel one more time for you. But this episode really hit home in a lot of places. We got to see Chuck at his best in that karaoke scene. We got to see Kim and Kim at her best. She killed it this season. Her, she stepped yep. up her acting and her character got written a lot better. I We constantly talk about Vince Gilligan on this podcast over and over about how Vince has so much to do with it. But I, the acting, and I also want to, I mentioned it on, on the other show, uh, the other recap, v- Peter Gould. Who this show is his baby. He wrote this episode, and he's the main writer of this episode, and one of the main the main creative force behind Better Call Saul. The difference between Saul and Bad is Peter Gould has more of a more of a hand in it, where he was just a writer, not just a writer, but a writer, and eventually Vince's like confidant writer at the end of Breaking Bad. There's so many good shots in this, like that's so like, fucking beautiful, like, dude. When they're laying in bed and you can't see their faces, and you only see their torsos, and they're laying in bed together, and they're, you know, Jimmy's drunk, drunk, Chuck's tipsy, and they're and they're singing. Like, tell me that shot and that scene wasn't fucking just rhapsody, unreal. It was, it was perfect. So good. It was yeah. so good. It was so perfect. And Michael McKeon is amazing too. And a lot of people, I do want to mention this as well, that a couple of people the night of were saying, even though he couldn't fit into the episode, they would have loved to see Nacho. I guess there was a scene shot with Nacho that they had a cut for time. This episode, they kept trying to get this episode down in time. I guess the original cut of it was almost two hours long and they and, and having to cut so much time out of the episode. And this episode's uh, own, this they episode cut that fucking dark scene with uh Fring and and Gussie in the fucking dungeon there. In the Oh uh, with the, with uh with uh what's her with uh what's his name? Uh Gus, whatever, fringing, fringing his little, his little chemistry Gale. friend there. Gale. Gale. Like, they could have cut that. That wasn't, like, I guess they needed the look between Mike and they needed to get there somehow, but like. Right. And, and that was bringing him back because of the end of the season. I, I hear you there. Uh, but ultimately, they, they originally had an idea for this episode. That with the Mike stuff and with the catching the German and all of that, they were very influenced by the movie Dunkirk. And they wanted to film something, make this episode an homage to Dunkirk, where every character was on a timeline, where but it was a different timeline, where the Mike stuff happened over the course of a couple weeks of hunting down the German and or, or no a, a couple of days and the Saul stuff took time over the couple of weeks and then the Nacho stuff was going to take place in another timeline and then the Lalu stuff was all going to be a Dunkirkian edited together thing. They shot it that way. They pieced it together that way. They watched it back and they decided that it was shit. <laughs> and they decided that this isn't a good thought. This isn't our show. This doesn't feel like our show. We need to go back and trash this and rewrite the whole situation. And whatever they did worked because the finale was fantastic. It was uh, right down to Kim's fucking and right down to the fucking 
just it's it all, was it's so all good. Goodman it thing. Yeah. So good. What did you think about the how dumb that German is for thinking that he could get away with it? Do you, I mean I don't mean as a unbelievable point, but could could you? I can understand that situation. It sucks. Like like when you're when you think you're becoming friends with someone, you think you can get away with more things. Like if you were my boss, I would be like, oh, I can come in late every day, you know, because you're my boss. The amount of his like, okay, you were flown to a location blindfolded to fucking get there we saw we all we saw what everybody went through to get this bid right <clears throat> then you see the the space that you and your men have been put up in that's been provided for you the size of this warehouse that has houses in it right and the scope of what you're building and how you have to build it and how secret it is says enormous amounts about what you are undertaking and who you are undertaking it for, okay? Yeah, the incredible stupidity of this guy. Yeah. Like, you, you, if it's that important to you, you need to get out to go see this woman or fly her to you and do this weekend thing, then you keep working Mike until... He agrees you work to work away where, you where he agrees to him. Yeah, they they let them go to strip clubs. You could get to a point if you get some work done where you convince Mike that it's okay enough to have the wife come to a random Flown motel in as well. To a different state even and you fly Flown him to in. a different state. No, the same way they all got there. Yeah, exactly. Why haven't we just flown her in? We're going to pay her a hundred Play a long game, and I get your money. And I get and the, we're going to fly her in. <laughs> yeah, and I get the panic attack and stuff, but still. Uh, you he, bring he, her there, and you make her stay there pretty, until the project is done as well. Pretty dumb thinking. I hear that. Uh, I saw the Sabrina trailer. Uh, Brooke was asking me about that. I haven't watched the Sabrina stuff, but I will try to check that out at some, part, some point. Steph Snow, great to see you in the live chat. Pretty soon, The Walking Dead's ratings will be on par with other shows. They should be promoting some of the other shows. There's great stuff in AMC. Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul should get that Sunday night spot for next season, but they won't do that. They obviously will not do that. Do you think that they killed all the Germans? No. I think I think Mike... No, Mike is, no they're not going to kill any of them. Yeah, Mike held to his word. Mike, Mike will hold to his word. Those guys Those guys are trustworthy. They, none of them... That little Kai it's guy was... Thing, a, it's one thing it was a good red herring. An accident that this guy dies... In a foreign country, it's another thing to explain why seven German nationals, all out of country, all on one business trip, not to mention all don't return. Not to mention like, that's they, a lot yeah. more answers need to be exactly, provided. Exactly. Not to mention they all did their job and they're all not running away and they're all doing what they needed to have done. And there's no reason not to honor their their agreement. Neither Mike or Gus are really that kind of person. They, I mean, they, they're not in control for what Varner did, and Varner acted emotionally in that moment. And I like this season, looking back on this season, I like what they did with Kai. It was a good sort of uh, red herring kind of character where you got pissed off at that little douche for what he was saying with Mike, and it made the friendship with <laughs> Varner, bless you, a little innocuous and not really something you worried about leading to something wrong. You kept, a I kept asking more the question, is, are they going to kill all the... Germans when they finished this job I didn't necessarily see this coming in not in a bad way but in a good way they hid this well but it was still there if you watch Varner and how much he needed to talk to people at a bar he was searching for that connection and it was always there since he was too emotional of a guy and he immediately tried to befriend Mike and get in on that 
So let me go through the live chat a little bit here. Phil thought his manager at Hot Topics was cool because <laughs> he was smoking weed. Mike, great to see Mike in the live chat. Varner talked too much. He was so ignorant, says Dart. He thought Mike would have had his back or was his friend, but he didn't realize he was Talk fucking to Mike. Mark. Talk to Mike. Yes, I want I want Mike. Mike has a boss and 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 he told you no, dude. Don't talk to Mike. Mike, you left a letter, dude. That's not an answer from Mike. Yeah, you left a, a, you left a dear John letter. Right. Like, no, go fuck yourself. You left a I ran off. I'm possibly yes, I'm on the way to do all the things I told you to do. Or to call Interpol and let them know what I'm doing. Nice. We got Tom P. Hey, Phil and Joe. Hell yeah, I can really catch these things live. Welcome back to another season of The Walking Dead Rated PG. And uh, Joe was saying that right before we started, that it's really good to be able to do some of these daytime casts. I haven't been able to do as much of them with everything going on with the house win the move. But once we're set back in, and at least from now until we move, I have a little bit more flexibility for now. I thought it would be that Kai that betrayed Mike since he was the hothead. Me too. And I and I liked that they surprised us there and they put that put it out there for us. Bernie says Varner is they no Walt. You know, too, that that Kai was doing a great job, that he was a real turnaround. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he got he got like, his shit done. Lord Sebastian, you did not miss it. We still got a little while left to go here. And uh before Joe needs to run, I think at some some point relatively soon, right? Yep. And uh, so we're going to kick over to our voicemails. If anyone wants to leave a last-minute voicemail, now is the time at 781-990-8509. Again, that's 781-990-8509. Then we're going to go through the comment section as much of the comments as we can go from the video and also taking some live chat as well as always the live motherfucking chat. So let's listen to the final messages for the Better Call Saul season from our good buddy, Big Fucking Jay. Yo, great, great idea, Phil, having another show. Um, I know some <laughs> of it's about The Walking Dead, which I'm not. I was a fan for a few seasons. I kind of lost track with it. Good. You're lucky. Um, but, you know, I love my Better Call Saul, and I think it's a great idea because we want to know what the fuck does Joe think because Joe's the man, and he, he earned that respect, oh. you know? It's not a, it's not a proper recap without, without your sidekick there, man. <laughs> Joe Dirty Locks. So anyway, um, the list, I, I left kind of a weak message uh, on, the, on the night of the finale. Um, you know what it is? I, I love fucking Monday Night Football, man. I, I, I wish that yep. better call saw was on Tuesday. Cause, uh, it should be on Tuesdays or Sunday. I like to throw a couple of uh, bazoostis <laughs> on the games. And, um, you know. Well, at least it's over now in the Patriots. So it kind of cuts into my interest, but I do watch it. Um, I kind of watch both, but the next day I zoomed in on uh, Better Call Saul, and I really appreciated what a great fucking episode it was, man. Um, and I heard this somewhere else, and I, I kind of know why Nacho wasn't in it. Um, basically, there was just too much storyline to wrap up with um, with Jimmy. They had to wrap that storyline up, and they had to wrap up um, with Mike and the German. Um, I forget his name. But... Really, Nacho's storyline was wrapped up for the right? for the episode I mean, for for where he was going. He's saving up money to try to get him and his father out. Right. They they, they we, could we know that you could have and, landed it on that, and and, and that's where kind of did it. And like we know that he's still beholden onto two bosses, Fring and this other guy. And now La and now Lalo, yeah, Lalo is and so right, Lalo. So his his story, uh propels us into Lalo's start story, 
So we got the finish of Nacho's story. I don't mind that he wasn't in this episode. I like the character. I like the actor. And I like seeing him on my screen. But it wasn't necessary for, for the finale. He is a supporting actor. It's a supporting storyline. And that storyline leads us back to Fring. It leads us with Mike. And it, uh, Mike and Fring's relationship. And really, most of the stuff we're getting with Nacho is extra, probably because the character is so well-liked. Uh, they might have started this Lalu shit a season ago. Um, it probably could have been done. Um, it's going to be real fun to see next season when yeah. we, because I, from listening to them talk on the Insiders podcast, Nacho is going to be very, they very happy with his performance and what he's brought to the character. And he's a big part of, I think, what they want to do next season. So uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to it be. It shows with how they've uh like, I know they had a, a main outline of what they wanted to do, but see, episode by episode wasn't written, like, five seasons in advance and stuff. So I know that, <clears throat> judging by what they've seen out of him, they've given him more and increased the role size where they might have used other characters and yeah. stuff like that where they could pay less. Let's get back to more fucking Big J. Bertie is uh, straight out of Strong Island, says Bertie over to and Steph Snow. Oh, my God, this voicemail is awesome. Lots of love to Big J. It's one of the highlights of the Better Call Saul season for us, getting Big J to call in. So let's listen to the rest of his messages here. I can't believe I forget this fucking old German guy's name. but Varner. You know, you know they had to wrap those two storylines off, man. And uh, I tell you, man, it was just such a <laughs> Look at. I'm sorry. I'll get back to Big J in a second. Dwarf Burger is such a troll. He's like trolling you for Babylon 5 now. He's like, it's not like Babylon 5. Like, he, he just, he's trying to get both of our goats. Dude, saying dude. Seven, and eight, 7 and 8 is the worst seasons. Uh, the Dwarf dude, Burger. Dude, sorry, Babylon sorry. 5 is still one of the best sci-fi shows ever on television. Now. That being said, J. Michael Straczynski, the creator of Babylon 5, has also created one of the second, one of the other, a second one of Are you talking about Alter, Alter Carbon? No, I'm talking about uh, Sense8. Oh, Sense8, yes. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Anyways. Him and the, uh, him and the, the Matrix ladies did it. The women that made the Matrix. I tell you, man, it was just such a fucking awesome episode, man. Um... When I rewatched it, and I really enjoyed how Kimmy told that girl, "Don't take no shit," you know, that was the one time he was real. You know, he was he got real with that with that part. You know, telling her because that was him. He's looking at it like that's me. Like fuck these people, they're all fucking corporate assholes, and you do what you got to do to move up. That oh, world. dude, and that like other... that broke me, dude. That broke me. I was like, I was all choked up. I was getting my spirit crushed, and I wasn't even thinking like he's got to go in front of a board soon, and basically do that like plead for his shit just like she did and it's something like not even the lone voice with a heartfelt plea could change one of their fucking minds about whether or not this this girl should get it over somebody else so that was like a big moment for him like and at the time i'm, I'm watching that scene and i'm like i'm like oh my god like i don't think you're getting your point across. like you start getting your point across but then you go right back to crushing this poor little girl <laughs> he just kept crushing her it was yeah, like telling her to cut court, like to put herself in the place you're in like not work harder like do more like wow yeah just fucking like so good so good so f believable so and then, real. and then when he got in his car afterwards and on just fucking broke down start the straw that broke the fucking yeah Yes, great scene. We've all been in that situation where, where it's like you're upset about something, and then your car doesn't. So you're like, motherfucker, 
fuck? There's a there's yeah. a whole part of basketball where where uh, and then where that where they play that song and and some and some motherfuckers in so I I can't I can't remember the the lyrics to it, but uh, there's there's a basketball song about that. Let's let's do it. Why do you think like whenever you're like, oh, do you want to do this before you go to work? I'm like, dude, I don't do anything before I got to go to work because I know if I go like an hour away to do something or I'm out doing something in my fucking car, I know, I know, I know I'm going to be, okay, got to go to work and I'm going to get in my car and flat tire. Yeah. I'm going to get in my car and I left the fucking lights on. I'm going to get in my car and it's just going to fucking blow up when I fucking turn the ignition because I got to go to work and something is going to make me fucking late or not show up or have to use a day at the last minute. Like, Oh, you fucking kidding me. Like it's the most nerve wracking thing. I have to not, I have to be home. <laughs> Otherwise my car is not going to start for some reason. Yeah, no, I hear like, you. Oh, I can do something about it. If I'm out on the road with all the same resources, I, um, I'm the, I'm the same way. If I'm out and something bad can happen to someone, it's going to happen to me. So let, let's play the rest of big J's message. That girl don't take no shit. You know, that was the one time he was real, you know. He was he got real with that with that part, you know, telling her because that was him. He's looking at like that's me, like fuck these people, they're all fucking corporate assholes, and you do what you got to do to move up in the world. And the other the other scene I loved with Mike is when um the German guy he was still trying to say, oh I want to see my wife. Mike's like, forget about seeing your wife. You, this is the end of your life right here. And when he realized that, the look on his face, and he yeah, kind of tried to talk his way out, but then he accepted his fate. I mean. I tell you, very, very emotional, man. You know, what a beautiful shot too. It just brought out a lot of emotion in Big J and uh, and just the acting, the way Jimmy conned them, and um. Yeah, go back to the Mike and the Varner moment first before we go back to that. So well done. Yeah, the, no pun intended. No, the long shot where they did where they did the uh, yeah yeah. No pun intended, but that was a beautiful shot, man. The sky, like he even referenced, you could see so many stars in New Mexico at night. And then he's like, I'm going to go take a walk out there and look at those stars. I'm going to make it easy for you. I accept this. I understand. Don't kill my wife. You know, all that, all that stuff. And then he walk, he walks out there, that big wide fucking screenshot of the big fucking sky in New Mexico. Yeah. The Coen brother shot, the black background and the flash of the muzzle. It was fucking so cinematically done. It was beautifully done. And that's like, so last or when Mike says, I'm going to take care of it, I'll do it. I'll do it. Right. Don't, don't worry. I'll take care of this. It's, it's a moment where Mike believes that this guy was telling the truth the whole time. He understands that this guy's got to die now. And unfortunately Mike's going to make it as easy, not going to make it a scary, scary moment where a bunch of fucking thugs come out and fucking blast them or fucking drag them off and do whatever to them. But he gets a beautiful moment. And they give us that beautiful moment. Like he makes it. It's not a beautiful moment. No, no, I know what you mean. I know back in the sky. A television beautiful moment. Right. It's a. It's it's a way horrible things can happen in television moments. Uh, Right. What do you call it? I I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. Requiem for a Dream is a horrible movie. I never want to watch, but it was beautifully shot and beautifully made. You know, there, there's no, there, I would never want to watch that fucking movie again. It made me feel like crap and I never want to see it again. Ass, yeah. Baby. Except for that's the, that's the, <laughs> that's the memory from it. But ultimately I would say it's a beautiful, a beautiful movie. Like it's beautifully, beautifully shot. And so it's something can be as disgusting as possible. 
uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three when uh, when he picks that girl up and shoves her into the television. That's a be- that's beautiful right there. That's fucking beautiful. That's 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 my identity right there. No, it was it was well done. It was well. It was a a, a death that you know Mike thought he deserved better than just to be you know hauled back for another few hours right, for, by, wait around to die by a bunch of uh gus's <laughs> guys that aren't going to have any humaneness to it right you know like at least this way you know the body's not going to get dissolved in acid it'll probably get buried or he, something he got like, to say goodbye to his wife he got to accept right, which wouldn't have happened otherwise right, he got to actually accept it you know, like Big J was saying, he ultimately doesn't doesn't go out crying, saying, no, 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 no. He's like, okay, I fucked up, and I need to accept that this is my fate right here. He gets it, and he tries to absolve Mike for it, where there's a lot of stars. Show, show me the flowers, Aunt Carol, and all that sort of stuff. So let's play the end. Exactly. Look at the look at the, look at the flowers. Yeah, look at the pretty look at flowers. The stars. Look at the stars. Ah, Werner. Look, look at the pretty stars, Werner. Pop. That's exactly what that was, and the way it was shot, that big wide screen, that photographic moment, almost the silhouettes, the, yes. the twilight night sky, like it was so well done, so beautiful. so so extremely well, well done. Steph's noting te- it's television, like you'll never see a fucking shot like that on 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 what on what? No, what will no, you see? The what only you... other show that's on right now that just got picked up for season three, actually. It, that I could imagine seeing something like that on because of the connection to the show would be something like Ozark that might do a shot right, like right, that. Right, 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 right. Ozark absolutely would do a shot like this. Uh, Ozark, again, some of the Netflix shows, uh, I have a hard time calling television. I, they're miniseries. You're thinking about it more as like a miniseries in the almost, old, in the old almost way. Almost like miniseries or long movie. Yeah, it's interesting that Better Call Saul still maintains its greatness in an era um, where where they're still dealing with commercials and dealing with a week-to-week basis, and I'm still as invested. Where a lot of shows, if if I binge watch something like The Walking Dead, it wouldn't piss me off as much as I watch it week to week. Oh God, it would. It would when you get to the introduction of Negan. From that point on, fair enough. You're but watching, I, I you're guess, watching thirty hours and twenty of it. I just Negan all I'm saying, saying the is the thing. added week to week analysis of it adds to the ridiculousity of it. Better Call right. Saul. With the way people watch television now, the way it's not released all at once and you have to tune in every week, it works within the television's act structure for the most part with the commercial breaks and all that. It still maintains this excellence. You can see, like when you watch like the Netflix shows, you can see where they've made them to be sold in uh, yeah. television in format. Syndication yep. eventually. Yep. Bojack, Bojack's a good example. Easily. Bojack just started on Comedy Central, which is a bastardized version of Bojack. I recommend this isn't be the first time you're ex- explored, exposed to it, but they it's set up in a sitcom fashion. So many of those shows are. You're, you're absolutely right about that, Joe. And uh, Steph's note to answer your question about that Game of Thrones call. That was Emily, and we I have all of her voicemail clips. Uh, well, I'll definitely get some for uh, next podcast. Emily was awesome, and hopefully she'll call back again during the final season of Game of Thrones. Yes. So uh, great to see Casey Atheist, The Walking David, who will be joining me this Sunday for the for the Walking Dead uh, recap episode on Sunday evening. And hopefully we'll get another voicemail from Joe. Steph says, I never want to see that movie again. Oh, yeah. Rec Room for a Dream. Yeah. It's beautifully shot it's movie. Disturbing. Excellently done. It's disturbing. I don't want to ever I, watch I, it again. I owned it. I've watched it a few times. Uh, I think it's 
I really, really, really love that movie. But no, uh, uh, it's a very difficult movie for a lot yeah. of people. To oh watch. yeah. So, so, so most of most of Aronofsky's up. films are that way. They're, what's, they're, her, what's her name in that movie? The mom. I, I can't remember. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo is it? No, no. No, Kim Basinger. No, in who, Requiem. Yeah, who who plays in Requiem? Uh, I forget. I forget her name. Um, she always reminds me, or she is, or reminds me of the woman, the nurse from uh, Nurse Ratchet from. Oh uh, yes. Is but, Ozark good? Yes. Watch it, Steph. No, it's it's I it's pretty good. So, no, it's good. It just got picked up for season three. So listen Ozark's to fantastic, and that girl that that uh, with the blonde curly hair is such a good actress. She's she's, she's really amazing. Her. Her and uh, uh, Jason Bateman's awesome on it too, but the uh, yeah. the well, that the, goes saying. the, uh, the the mother, uh, his wife is ex- great too. She's exceptional. First, she like, kills great. it. Thank you for not giving us another Mrs. Soprano or, or Mrs. no, you you give you give us more of a Claire from uh, how, you give us more of a Claire from House of Cards, which is really amazing yes. character type, and I yes. love it. I love it. Fucking love it, but more more organized and more human than that. It's a different. Yes. Ca- I don't want to say it's a, it's a it's, it's a one for one partnership there that's going on and not like a a competition do this but i don't like that you're doing it right it's it's a it's it's two people i'll do this awful thing but you're so evil yeah it's two people that legitimately uh have some connection and partnership but i don't want to talk too much uh, spoilers on that but it absolutely is coming back season three just got announced a couple of days ago so here we go laura linney thank you laura linney is amazing that is their that is their uh that's their Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad yeah. show. That's their uh, and it's it's made from some writers that worked and directors that worked on. It's very similar. You'll see you'll see a similar story arc plot line going on there, but uh, it's, it's very well done. Yeah, and it's very unique to itself. So this is the rest of Big J's message. Kind of tried to talk his way out, but then he accepted his fate. I mean, I tell you, very very emotional man. You know, it just brought out a lot of emotion in Big J and. Uh, and just the acting, the way Jimmy conned them, and um, that's all I got to say. You know, it was really a, a fucking awesome way to – I'm so forward. I can't wait for next season, man. You know, I hope it is the last because I don't want them to overdo it. I mean, it shouldn't be more – even though I like breaking uh, Better Call Saul better, uh, it shouldn't be longer than that, you know. And I don't think – I think they're smart enough to know that, Vince Gilligan and the other clown. But uh, <laughs> great fucking show. You guys are fucking awesome. I love Big J. And that's all I wanted to say. All right. Okay, we got bit, we got one little bit more of Big J. And to answer your question, Ellen Burstyn played the mom on Requiem. She was also Regan's mom in The Exorcist. I get the comparison to Louise Fletcher, the nurse from, the nurse Cuckoo's, from Cuckoo's Nest. I always, it, I know it's not her, but I always want to say it's her. Yeah, and and the other and uh, the Nurse Ratchet, I believe, is Nurse Ratchet also in Deep Space Nine as Kai Wynn? Is that is that Nurse Ratchet? Someone can correct me. No, that's 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 uh, that's I think Louise not Louise Fletcher. I think that's uh, yeah, Ellen Bernstein. Yes, 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 yes. It's the same woman. It's Ratchet. the same woman. Yeah. Okay. So it is the same woman. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I that voice horrifies me. So here we go. We got one more message. From, one more message from Big J. Let's get into this shit. She's unbelievable. Yo, I love unfucking believable Requiem. She is. I got one oh. big fucking thing. I made a song for you guys. You made a song for us. Filling Joe Dirty Locks, take it off. Big J takes the fall. Yeah, I'm like thinking about as good as Jimmy, right? That opening fucking scene, man. Was, Whoa, I tell you, I'm going to love with Chuck again, man. I got to rewind that. I got I, I to loop I, that. I, I, I <laughs> you got to cut that. Big J takes the fall. 
I, I'm I think of 30 locks, take it all. Big J takes the fall. Yeah, I got to get some yeah, music I, behind that. I think that. about as good as Jimmy, right? That opening fucking scene, man, was, was I tell you, I fell in love with Chuck again, man. I, 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 that song's in my head now, that ABBA. You, you think a guy like Big J fucking grew up on Black Sabbath would be listening to fucking ABBA. I've been listening to this song, man. They, I thought, yo, Chuck's got some voice, man. He was a singer, right? All right, that's all I wanted to let you guys know. All right, thank you. <laughs> you guys went uh, One more walk, time. Uh, walking dead. Game of Thrones comes on. Oh, nice. You better, Big J. Get some fucking tequila. Get some fucking tequila. We'll get drunk and watch the final six episodes of Game of Thrones. Uh, Nurse Ratchet equals Kai went awesome. My, Steven Michael Davis. Phil and Joe, I wish I could have joined the recap and reviews more, but it was difficult since the show was on Mondays. Take my money, please. $4.99. Spin the wheel for Steven Michael Davis. Thank you so much for that super chat donation. Great to see Jay in the live chat as we're starting to wrap things up pretty soon here. Going to go through a little bit of a lightning round with some comments. And uh, Joe, do you still have a few here or are you, uh, you up against it? You yeah, you still got a few minutes. Okay, so Joe still got a few minutes here. So let's continue here for a few seconds while we. You know, the end, I have to go run out and run. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Actually, actually, should I should I pause and keep talking? But no, I know. Joe, we'll uh, we'll be done pretty soon. In a few minutes. Everyone loves ABBA. ABBA was a huge part. I talked about this a second. Getting the ABBA music was a amazing thing that they had to try to do for this episode, and they did. <laughs> And they got it all together. Spin the wheel, landed on, everybody drinks. So whether you're drinking water, whether you're drinking uh, soda or coffee, whatever, pick up your drink and let's everybody drink to Steven for the Super Chat donation. That was my last sip of coffee. Oh, shit, man. And we also, I also owe you guys a drum, I owe Big Kev a drum solo from earlier as well. You guys are amazing, these Super Chat donators. It means more than you fucking know. And... I do appreciate it. So let's take a couple comments from the comment section and then call this a podcast. So let's see. Let's see. These are comments that will be from the walk comments for The Walking Dead and for uh, Better Call Saul. So this one is from Cadigan. Hey, Phil, missed the live stream, but I'm catching up on the replay. Funny shit. I'm loving the nicknames Enid for pe- Enos for penis. Did I miss something? One thing that bothers me is besides the creepy ploy of tension during the Ezekiel hanging from that shitty rope scene was the comic version of Ken in the mix-up uh, they just wrote. Like, what the fuck? In the comic, Ken is a little bit older and the son of Tammy nor the son of Earl Sutton, who is the blacksmith of Hilltop. Like, why would they mix that shit up? They couldn't have just follow the comics. Did they really need to rush Gregory's death, though? Uh, oh, well. As a comic reader, I'm afraid that they will give us vanilla versions of the whispers, especially with the uh, Alpha and her stance on rape. I hate pairing Ezekiel and Carol. I just don't love uh, there's no chemistry. Uh, just like Rick and Michonne, there's acting from both of them, of course, just no chemistry. The episode was all right. Wasn't really excited, but it just had to uh, just had to pave the way for the final episodes with Rick. See you soon and cheers. That's from Cadigat. Some of these I'm just going to read. Um, if there's questions, we'll answer them. Otherwise, I just want to make sure you get these comments in. This is from the Yup Okay. And this is who asks a question or who mentions, when I was talking about this episode, the Better Call Saul final episode, Joe, were you at all conned by Jimmy at the end? When he was in the meeting, were you at all in Kim's shoes? For when Jimmy was going through his big no. rant at the end, did you for a no. second believe anything he said? No, I think okay. Here's the thing: I believe it all. Isn't that fucked up? It, yes. No, 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 no. Because it was all true. It was all true. Everything he said, I believe, was from his heart. 
was was from deep down inside was his thoughts okay <clears throat> but jimmy is when he comes out in that hallway and he feels the victory the victory starts to take over and all that shit that came out of his mouth disgusting to kim as it was and to us as the viewer is supposed to be right that it was all just part of the con that it was all to get his license back and that none of it was how he really felt was mostly to protect himself. Yeah. And, and, and also true. Yeah. The best acting, the best lies are based around some form of truth. And he, and he knows Correct. that. So both, both him in the hallway is true to him and him in the boardroom was true to him as well. Yeah. I really feel that. And I think they captured that very well. And that's the look we get from Kim is she sees that now, not that he was conning, and not that he 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 is saying that, but that she ultimately feels that he is extremely duplicitous and that both of these personalities, so to speak, are absolutely him. Yeah. No, well said, Joe. Stephen Michael Davis says, it broke my heart when Varner was talking to his wife. They loved each other so much. The last time he talked to her, he yelled at her. It reminded me a little bit of Aria with Nymeria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, he white fanged her. Yeah, he white fanged her. He, he totally tried to white fang her, except oh. it wasn't just forget about me. It was just go home. It was a white fanging. And we it was got a mild white fanging. We got, oh, this is a Vikings comment. We'll get to that soon. I must be the only one who didn't think this episode was as good as the previous one. I like the Mike and Varner scenes, but episode nine was better for me. Fair enough. And that's from uh, Dire Low in 39. And I was saying that at the beginning of the cast, the Better Call Saul is one of those shows that. Every episode's good, so you're going to have some episodes you like better you like than better. other ones. <laughs> like I can't – I would never make that argument uh, about one episode being better than the next. Yeah, it's, or it's the tough. It's tough. So far for this show, I have enjoyed every episode, and I find difficult reason to rank them – above or below each other yeah i don't think about this show that way it's weird i don't i don't it's it's strange a cool breeze i'm gonna get back to your comments live because you were responding directly to me and things i was saying in the podcast so i'll direct i'll get back to those and this is what did joe think for the most part uh what okay so carol funk says wow jimmy mcgill sucked me in big time i was crying along with kim then wow it's all good man i was saying this at the beginning of the podcast of the saw one joe this episode what made this episode so good for me and i think there were so many ones but just talking specifically about this one is I felt every fucking emotion. I felt like I took television acid and I was going through a trip of having every, like I cried, I laughed, I was scared and tense for a moment. I was emotionally affected. I laughed again and then I cried and then it was eventually like, Oh shit. At the end. Well, this show does that well. And I said this before, I think in one of our previous podcasts this season, that it does such a great job of taking you from a comedic moment to a, uh, a teary moment and back and forth so well. It knows how to s- to pull on your heartstrings and to make you laugh and to make you feel tense mm-hmm. and to give you the action and the suspense that you want as well. And that's a credit... Elements. And that's a trait of both shows. And also, <laughs> if we're comparing it to anything but the Gilligan universe, I would say a show that does that pretty well, uh, and it's a completely different show, and I'm not comparing the two shows, would be Six Feet Under. It, it mixes these like horrifying uh, emotional death o- death moments with some funny comedy stuff pretty well. I think Oz does it well too. I think a lot of the HBO shows do it do it pretty well where Oz is funny sometimes and then it's, it's like they have more of a freedom uh, to, to mimic life. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and which which in, is in real mo- in real moments, like just just the sheer amount of cock you see in Oz, yeah. right? Puts it like for a prison show, there should be you. That's all all men cock and you, shit, like you, and you're shit gonna too. see a fair amount of that. Everybody showering together, shitting next <laughs> to you, like it's there. It's part of, and it's it can't be life, glorified right? cock. It's just got to be cock. That's ha- yep. that's hanging that's hanging scary out there. Cock. Yeah, scary, mean, <laughs> unkept cock everywhere. Right? So like like just on on like whether you want to see it or don't want to see it. I I for one think it's there's a moment in a uh, in in Boardwalk Empire where uh Bobby Bobby uh Carnival Carnivali fucking yeah. storms out of a room fucking butt naked with a belt wrapped around his throat, I love his ca- I love the gun in his I love his character on flapping down at his fucking knees for Christ's sake. Yeah. I fucking I wanted to curl up in a ball and dodge bullets and shit and like and that cock <laughs> like the scene doesn't work if it, a, if if, if no... you show it from just like okay we know he was just fucking a prostitute we didn't get the uh, getting choked out while doing it but we don't get the full shot of that because you can't show it and then you don't get the full shot of him running down a hallway fucking dick flap and shooting at the person trying to kill him but he took a bullet in the chest from like like you can't show that scene it doesn't have the impact without the cock yeah it just doesn't it doesn't have the impact without the wide scene and naked bodies fucking and like it doesn't have you need the, the real you're, what joe's saying is you need the realism jordy's like change the subject and uh jay says sorry about all the cock everybody but it, there's there's far too much bush and titty and far too little cock in in television in movies there really is like I'm not scared to say it. There needs to be more cock on screen. <laughs> like, like, let's make the moments real. Let life is real. I spend a lot of fucking time in my house naked, right? Um, most people do. Innocent. And never on TV. Like, do you like when you do? It's there's a bush in the way or a cleverly placed vase or some shit like. It, <laughs> like an Austin, people. like an Austin Powers. Right. Tim, right. Tim says, "Why can't they?" Uh, they the guy banging the hooker. Yeah, it's HBO. Uh, it's it's not it's not television. It's HBO. Tim says uh, Daryl's pretty much reek, and I'm pretty sure Carol has his penis. She ripped off. But that girl from Oceanside is she supposed to be? Uh, but but really, let's feed the saviors. <laughs> Tim, you crack me up, buddy. They can eat shit right now. Gary about this Better Call Saul episodes. Of what an amazing episode. Hack World. Great to see Hack World. The yep, show. If they want to, if they want to get fed. See, this is what I'm talking about. Why there, is there even a savior colony? If they want to get fed, if they want food, they can go show up at the gates of the communities they fucking attacked and make a pleading fucking, please let me in. I didn't like them. I was their slave fucking moment to get into a new fucking community or. Or, you know, like the fact that, like, we were killing them all five minutes ago, but now we're going to live side by side. Okay, but I'm sorry if you if I was on either side, either side, Negan's side or the other side, and you killed my fucking husband, wife, child during this war. I'm going to kill you in the middle of the night. I'm going to kill you in the middle of the day. I'm going to kill you as soon as I can kill you yeah absolutely right like there's no like okay let's have peace now no my war continues because you took my fucking family members (laughs) like i don't give a fuck what you people brokered in peace and fucking shit over there i'm not gonna have anything to do with it at least not in my brain sure oh yeah 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 we're at peace next we'll be slit in the middle of the night 
one by fucking one. <laughs> like that shit don't fly. Like just like if I was in Negan's camp and he was like, "Your wife is now my necks are getting slit one by one." This doesn't happen. Like so more bo- make. Let's add let's add another rock to let's add another rock to this fire. Another uh, another like rock. Negan steps out to go fight someone in front of the furnace and like just step out and hit him with a big fucking wrench when he's got his back turned. Crush his fucking skull in front of fucking everybody. Yup, I did it. I am fucking Negan now. Who wants a pipe wrench to the skull? <laughs> Joe, this is a message from Hack World. The show was boring. Don't care who that kid is that died or the parents. Right. Small yep. horde. They could have just killed all the zombies by now. Give me a break. The kid should have died. The glass floor, at least the glass floor, at least. The only interesting thing was at the end where Maggie tells uh, a bigger finger to Rick saying that there's no free, me- free meals on those assholes that tried to kill me and finally killing Gregory. And that was it in the episode. Hack world. Great. What the fuck is up with that? Like, like it's all your fault, Maggie, that my son is dead because my son chose to go out with you and you failed to protect him. Just like I failed to forbid him from fucking leaving and going out into a zombie and filled fucking place because he was supposed to be with you for getting protected. No, he's supposed to be with you, mom being protected. And you didn't do that. You let him go, but it's Maggie's fault. Oh, my and God. I understand he's old enough to make his own decisions. This is his own fucking fault. We got Negan in the live chat. Everyone's Negan. Uh, Boba, Boba Fit says, I didn't expect anything, yet I was still disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Simba says, I think that in episode 9-2 will open with Rick looking into the eyes of Maggie and she will tell him it had to be done and they will argue for two to three scenes of film time during a block. Right? <laughs> like, if it had to be done, then doesn't having to kill Negan still need to be done? You both complained about it to him. Both of you fucking said, why can't, why didn't we, why can't we kill Negan? Like, come on. Oh, this Why is... are you still asking Rick's permission? You just fucking hung Gregory without it. Like, the... other people you've killed without it. Why are you... Why? Why? You have had a year to go visit Rick and just murder Negan in his fucking cell. He's a sitting fucking duck. Bring a fucking machine gun with you. <laughs> Kill everybody who tries to stop you. Why? Like, why, why not? Like... I... And uh, this is a whole very good message. I recommend going to the main video and reading Symmetry's message because I, I want to. I, I can't do it justice talking about. It. So they'll argue for two or three scenes of film time during a block of C block of an episode, and then the savior in the trailer, who I believe to the name was Joshua, will threaten Daryl, and him and Rick Grimes threatening Maggie, and then Daryl will tell Andrew Lincoln's Rick Grimes character, which will lead the C block of the episode around the five minute mark, telling Maggie who has to make rules if there are no rules. There's no future. It's the wild wild west rules, like killing a man who can imprison leads to dysfunction, and Rick will say dysfunctional law will the outcome of Glenn and Abraham and then they'll finish each other's sentences and Maggie will punch him for mentioning Glenn in the same sentence as being dysfunctional law killing Gregory that's during the 50 mark 50 minute mark of the episode Rick apologizes and says that wasn't what I was inferring and everything goes well as she accepts his apology out of nowhere and flips back to the b-plot of the story which is the bridge and Rosita and Eugene going on the run uh, which ends the episode and where they and both are covered in mud, frightened. And the final act is Carol telling Daryl she has something to tell him. And she asks, and then Carol shows her finger with a ring on it, implying that she said yes to King Ezekiel. And Daryl and her both smile. It's just a 
theory, no spoilers. How accurate? I think I think there's like ninety percent accuracy in that. Uh, there's, there's a high, there's a high possible high rate of accuracy. <laughs> and sorry for that babble. It's already it's already more interesting than what they probably do have planned. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Kay Williams says, "Thank God our show's back, and so is Phil. I'm ready for Joe Dirty Locks too. Hope you get to check this out, Kay Williams, because I'm singing my ass, Phil. What's really with that dude's voice with tremors? Uh, oh yeah, what's, what's with that dude? Yeah, he's gonna be our new star." Uh, gonna miss Gregory says Ellie in his treachery having a sneaky antagonist around makes the internal drama interesting having folks at Hilltop just to follow lockstep behind his dull also Gregory had a point when Negan was in charge they were forced to feed the sanctuary now Negan is locked up and they're still feeding the saviors so uh, I'm gonna miss Gregory just because that actor was a lot of fun but the character needed to die a while ago. And uh, Jimmy says, I wish more time was spent actually going through the Smithsonian artifacts and less about a cart and a horse and a glass floor. The Smithsonian cannot be viewed that quickly, says Jimmy. Right. That, like, 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 like. So let's take, for example, that they went into the American Natural History Museum or the American History Museum or whatever history museum that's, that's there. And they took some shit like you don't like this is seven buildings of yeah smithsonian isn't just one museum isn't it like multiple buildings yep and there's there's warehouses filled with shit that's probably far more useful than what they took that is sitting around that area or in the basements and shit like i i i yeah no no it's bad uh mark price says it's been a while but it's great to be back and watch my favorite issues guys and um Sir LT Guile says it really well. I'm sorry, Phil, but this was a major disappointment of a premiere. You, you you go you go to the Smithsonian. You don't even go to a fucking library. And that's it. For you that. don't go get a couple of books that teach you shit, but you go to the Smithsonian and take a wagon and a fucking canoe, a couple of hoes. Because what? You don't have a blacksmith. You can't go get a book and have the blacksmith make a couple of fucking hoes. <laughs> a couple of fucking uh, whatever the fuck, whatever the f- oh my. Okay, God. Joe, like, let me cheer you up. Plows, a little. plows. I mean, come on. Let me cheer. Like <laughs> let me cheer you up a little bit here. So here's a message from J- from the other Jay. I agree with Joe on uh, on what he said about Jimmy and his little thing in there. I think that the when that part where he talked about how his brother dealt with people and how like he dealt with people he liked and felt with people he didn't like and stuff like that, I felt that was a hundred percent true. I just thought it was a little bit bullshit when he said, "I want to try to live up to what my brother was as a lawyer." So, but like all the stuff he said that like. Before that was true, I thought. And also, um, so do you still hate, does Joe still hate um, Walking Dead? And do you think um, Maggie and Rick are going to die in, like, the same episode? Um, So, yeah, all right, that's it. So, Joe, before you answer, let's see, let's get, uh... What did Joe, what did Joe think? What did Joe, what did Joe think? What did Joe think? So, Joe, 
Do you still hate The Walking Dead? <laughs> I have never hated The Walking Dead. I love The Walking Dead. And that's where all this anger comes from. Exactly. Do you think Rick and Maggie are going to die in the same episode? No. I think they... <clears throat> no. no. Are they they're both leaving? Yeah, they're both leaving. Maybe. Maybe. It could be in the same attack. Maybe they could kill each other like Apollo and Rocky. And they're beating each other up. Roar! I don't, I, I don't want to make it. I don't know. We're not Miss Cleo. We're not Miss Cleo's. We're not good what at is, that. Here's the thing. What is the most obvious, stupid way to have it done? They will write that shit. Not, no, no, no. Not the most obvious, stupid way. What is the, what is the most TV trope way you could think of for them, for them to die, Maggie, or die together, and Rick, then decide which of the three scenarios is more tropey? And there you go. I think Rick will be falling, and Maggie goes to save him to prove that they're really friends, and then they both die together, falling uh, into a. No, I I think I'm not sure if they're gonna die. I, it, Jamie I, Lannister will throw Maggie out a tower window. <laughs> I think that might happen. <laughs> Suddenly, suddenly Daenerys will show up with her dragon. No, uh, <laughs> and shoot everybody. Uh, so Joe is not angry. Joe is disappointed in The Walking Dead since start. I think that's I think that's well said. And uh, great I'd like to see. Okay, you know what I want to see. You can't hate this what you want. Love. This is how I want Rick to die. I want Judith to get eaten by a fucking walker in front of him, and for that to have just been it. I'm done. I can't handle it anymore. And then he Joe. just walks into the crowd of walkers and lets Joe, him. Joe, like, I'm going to... I have the spoiler alert for Sons of Anarchy. I'm going to have the Jack's death. And he's going to do it like this with his arms out. Yep, and uh, just let them come. They're going to give him Carol's death, basically, from uh, from what should have been Carol's death from the book. So we got. we actually do have one more voicemail from Pat O., it's a quick and then one. You can get rid of another annoying child actress. <laughs> it's a quick. It's a quick. It's a quick voicemail. Let's let's hear what Pato says, says says here. Hey, are we still talking about cocks? Because if we aren't, if we aren't talking about cocks, I can't leave the message. All right, bye bye. There's always time to talk about cocks. Right? Wait, wait. The, I was I was gonna start going into that Howard Stern bit from uh, Private Parts now. Big cock coming out of your mouth always sounds dirty, Joe. Oh uh, yeah, it does. Okay, so let's jump in the chat. One more zip through the chat, and then we'll call this a podcast. But what did Joe really think? Uh, if is there, if they're in D.C., why not live in the Smithsonian or live in the White House? Someone said. Someone said, why not uh, move locations to living in the Smithsonian or living in? Well, the White House? it makes more sense to not live in a city. Um, there's a, a there's a lot of scavenge, but eventually the scavenging is going to be done. There's a lot of nooks and crannies and bullshit to, that walkers could still be in and surprise you, or get out from and surprise you, and all that shit. So, I would probably want to still stay away from any of the big cities. Plus, you don't know what kind of people are still living there that are also stealthily hidden in the city in spots. What groups like we saw with the cops and like we saw with um. I believe the uh, the nursing home gang, right, or in earlier seasons. So there could be pockets of shit like that. Also, you need. I agree with the whole Herschel thing, and I agree with this whole. You need to start growing food. You need to start 
stop scavenging and start producing. If you don't produce, like, the scavenging will end. The scavenging will end. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was getting back to someone on a voicemail here. So let's go. You can't hate something you don't love. I can relate to Joe 100%. Excuse me. The reason why I'm so harsh on it is because I love this show and I want it to be better. I think The Wa Walking Dead was a victim of its own success. I think there was some element of that that it became not about telling effective stories or at least being entertaining. It became how can we keep this cash cow going for as long as possible. I do think that we're to the point now where AMC has, we've talked about this a lot, has The Walking Dead. They stretched out Talking Dead to an hour instead of a half an hour now, so it's ultimately two and a half hours because sometimes the walking day goes over the, the hour timeline. So, but about an hour and a half to two hours uh, or no, excuse me, two hours to two and a half hours of a commercial for the walking dead. And if you watch the walking dead, not all the commercials have zombie tie-ins too. So you'll be dealing with like a, not an exact one for one, but a Buick commercial. And then you have walking dead stuff. And I like those Abraham commercials, whatever they were. I don't even know what they were for. I don't know for the walking dead app. They were the best part of the episode were those Abraham commercials. I did yeah. not. I paused. Yeah, him and Eugene again was great. I mean, he cuts Eugene. The only way I can deal with Eugene is when Abraham's there. But and it's real. It's really cool. He's wearing the big fake, uh, the fake, the fake facial hair and stuff. I thought that was hilarious. But it's still a two and a half hour essentially commercial for The Walking Dead, and then they reshow it after, where instead of having another show lead into the fan, lead into the to the viewership. I mean, I've joked about this before better call Saul should be on sundays after the walking dead it should be on right after the walking dead they're two best show best shows on amc or or leading in that audience because they want to the best audience they possibly could get for their best critically acclaimed show but whatever instead they want to try to they they want to try to sell more commercials on monday instead right and make the walking make it just walking dead night and you know and i don't know this is going to happen but i'm convinced this is going to happen eventually once rick is gone off the walking dead they're they're accepting that he's wanted to go instead of ending the show they're like we can't end the show what we should do now is kill you know kill rick off because he wants to leave that's cool we were kind of thinking about that anyway because we we need to do something yep. to get ratings boost and then what we can do is we can take this new audience and i'm not watching fear but i know they kind of spoiler alert for fear i know people that do watch it and keep me up to date like dj better and, and stephanie they basically killed off the whole original cast essentially except for maybe one or two characters and have a whole new cast essentially on the show now so so what we can do is bring in bring both casts together and now that we've brought over Morgan, our end game is to have it be one big show. And I think that's what it's eventually going to be. I'd be surprised if Fear uh, in... I think they'll end up doing that too, merging the two. Merging the two. To get that 20-year. Right. And they'll like pub it as this huge thing. <laughs> for for the first time since since uh, Joni Loves Chachi didn't work. And then they uh, brought them both back to the happy days. It's... The return of Fear the Walking Dead to the Walking Dead. Morgan comes back with friends. And then we yeah, get into all of that. Like Cleveland did it too. Went yeah. back to our family, family guy. guy. Yeah, it's it's going to be something like that where I think both shows are going to combine led by a Negan-led rule. And it's all going to be one big block of another <laughs> 20 more years of uh, of destitution and crap. I think the Walking Dead is a victim of his own success. So I absolutely agree with that, Cadigate. Hey, we got Bubba in the live chat. We got Broke who's back. Rick steps in front of Negan as Maggie shoots at him. That would be the Joe, that you were asking about the worst possible endings. Uh, I think we might have it. M Mr. Sean says, 
Rick steps in front of Negan as Maggie tries to shoot him. That's a that's a definite that's a def or Daryl. Or Daryl, yeah. That's a I like I like that's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> And I think on that note, I know, uh, I know we're running. You might have the winner there. Holy, that's we're... that's a good, that's the TV trope winner. That's the winner, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for checking out this week's. What did Joe think? We'll definitely try to get more of these on episodes. Now we need to get the fast version. I'm, I'm you know, a... you know, we know from from previous, right? Okay, here's the thing: we know from previous podcasts and uh, subsequent episodes from previous podcasts, right? I know that sounds a little weird, but it makes sense. No, I, I, I thought that the AMC is watching us. They do. They right? watch us. They right? watch us. They know now what they we, know what we think. They have caught the end of this podcast, right? Of course. And they have heard that, and they have heard the beginning of this podcast where we talked about. Do we need to leave? Do we need better to leave another Saul. voicemail? Do we need to leave another voicemail? Well, Better Call Saul changed their episode around because of uh, it didn't work, right? And we just called them out on their weak ass pussy shit. Now you know that shit's already written. What I hope happened is I hope Vince or Peter, when they saw that Sorry. the Walking Dead, <laughs> the Walking Dead had uh, uh more than the hour, because the, the Walking Dead episode and the Better Call Saul episode were the exact. I'm not sure to a T, but I'm pretty sure they were almost the exact same running time. So, so I don't know if Better Call Saul was like, hey, they're getting more time. Can we get some more time? Come on, AMC. Yeah, give us some really more. <laughs> give us some more time. Because they were talking about that on the, uh, on the Insiders podcast. You got to read through some. It's like when you watch uh, Penn and Teller's Fool, Fool Us. You have to read through the language that they're talking sometimes. They said, yeah, figuring out episode length with AMC is a little precarious is what they said. They said something to that effect where it gets me to believe that AMC is... It gives maybe some shows a little bit more leeway than them, and they oh, yeah, stepped up yeah. like, can you give us a little bit more time in our finale since every week of The Walking Dead is like, you know, three or four minutes over, ten minutes over. But that's all due to – that's – that – okay. That That is not – that is all AMC. That is that's all, not no, The Walking Dead. No, I'm, that's that all AMC. advertisement. Yeah. You are getting pumped with extra advertisements and extra commercial it's space balls the Walking Dead episode. It's Spaceballs 2, this time for the merchandising. Uh, I think it will all end with The Walkers just dropping dead, playing a giant game of... What was that game? Like, Freeze Tag? <laughs> That'd be a great end to the series. Just someone comes up and goes, Tag, you're it! They all just... Negan goes, Tag, you're it, motherfuckers, with my bat. I got Lucille back. And tags. And they all fall down in the middle of the biggest herd attack. They just all fall down like the droids at the end of Phantom Menace. <laughs> they just... It's just... Oh, they all fall apart. Bam. I love it. And Bernie says, Negan owns a local coffee shop here. I go in and I talk shit about his character. <laughs> Oh, I love you guys in the live motherfucking chat. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for joining us this week for three different podcasts. Hope you guys enjoyed a little bit more content. Back to our normal schedule, which we like to do about three times a week. And try to keep that up for as long as I can keep that up until I get too old and I can't keep it up anymore. But no, we'll try to keep that up. Viagra time. Then it will be time for Viagra or an implant for my podcast. And Mr. Bacon will be standing straight again. But I will be back this Sunday with The Walking David to talk about this final or this next episode of The Walking David. David. <laughs> Joe, unfortunately for him, won't be won't be with us. After work again, third Sunday in a row. But he will be with us the following Sunday to talk oh, about it. Yes. 
And this week, I want I might figure something out. And Joe also and I this month will be doing our Daredevil Day one day when we uh, watch the entire series of Daredevil in one afternoon. And oh, before we end, Joe, have you? Joe and I. I love Lethal Weapon. You like it with Stifler now too? I am I am a I am a Stifler fan. I have been since. You're uh, feeling it with Stifler now tall. too. Mm-hmm. I, not Walking Tall since Rundown. Yep. Okay, I really enjoyed that movie. I I don't feel it's changed as a show. No. It's got a little different feel, right, as far as, like, no, the I, two Riggs I, and him, mm-hmm. okay? But I, I liked the, the tongue-in-cheek joke of, I don't know how the motherfucker ran with those boots. I've no. been saying that for two seasons. <laughs> I like that. That was pretty fun. Like, I was like, how the fuck is he now, chasing somebody with those boots? Now, I did not like the first two episodes. Last night's episode felt more like the show to me. Uh, it's... I almost wish Riggs could have been around uh, and... This character could have been Adam as a rival at the station to him and tweaked out a little bit differently. Yeah. Because uh, I enjoy the character, but I, I do <laughs> I do miss the Riggs energy there because I think he had better chemistry with Damon Wayans and some of the jokes seem forced. And also Damon Wayans has announced that he's leaving the show and they don't know if they're going to uh, continue yeah, without him or not. What was that? That's it. That's that's it. it. Yeah. yeah, they can't. Damon Wayans is the show. It's not Lethal Weapon anymore. Both Riggs and Murtaugh are gone. You need at least one of them. This, and this is nothing compared to what we're talking about with Better Call Saul. This is just a fun popcorn kind of show that Joe and I both enjoy that had some fun fireworks in the offseason with the main actor. I'm a friend of the franchise like we were talking about yeah. with the Mad Max shit. Or, yeah. yeah oh, we, no, I was talking about that with Jimmy Jimmy Boy on, uh, on something else. But uh, on PlayStation. Yeah, it's... Uh, there's a lot of bad franchises out there. Mad Max, like the first movie's horrible, right? But people love it. I love it, right? Like uh, like Blade Runner. A lot of people love that fucking movie. I can't sit through three minutes of that stinker without being this movie fucking Interesting. Sucks. Balls. Like, uh, th- so there's, there's, you know, there's people's guilty pleasures. There's a lot of B movies out there that have become Friday the 13th franchise. 13, 15 movies or some shit. What? How many? Yep. Uh but ultimately, like, they're all really bad. <laughs> no, no tr- everyone has their, their kind of junk food that they like. I talk about right. this a lot. Everyone has their junk food. I, I accept that Beverly Hills 90210 is trash. I watch oh, it. Oh, yeah. I oh, it's so hard oh, to watch it's now. trash. Oh, and it's, it aged horribly. It's, <laughs> it aged so it bad. bad. As bad as it was before, it aged pathetically. It's so much worse. Yeah, it aged pathetically bad. But I still watch it sometimes. It's still like a couple times a year. I'll watch one or two episodes just for... I, yeah, I, I watched an episode the other day with Katie. Well, okay, I watched... 10 minutes and I was like, oh my fucking God. It, it actually is a credit to shows like Buffy and Early Charmed that they aged a lot better if you try yeah. to rewatch them now. Uh, I think especially Buffy. Buffy holds up really well. And I think the first few seasons of Charmed hold up pretty well too from like yeah. th- th- those era television shows. Star Trek, I think that's a credit to how... Freaks and Geeks holds Freaks up. And Geeks, uh, Freaks and Geeks is probably better now for a lot of people. But I'm yeah. saying like these longer like sci-fi or stuff that uses effects or is deeper dramas or whatever. Uh, the Star Trek shows kind of hold up, which is cool, but some shows definitely, definitely don't. Do I'll say, I'll say this too. I, I say it about my Babylon five, the effects and stuff all still hold up. Uh, but there is a lot of the writing and acting that, uh, you know, I, my fourth or fifth watch through now, 20 years no, in- later, I'm like, ah, this is, Part of it's, it, Joe, is watch a lot of part of it is us being exposed to 
the season either. But. Part of us is being exposed to this different era of television where, like, I keep saying checks and balances. Checks and balances is more of a thing where, where like, you watch a show like Quantum Leap, for example, which is still one of my favorite shows, but it doesn't hold up quite as well as I want it to hold up, right. or not every episode does. Things don't always match up episode to episode. They ignore things that happen in previous episodes. I think Quantum Leap... So many. It's 23 episodes And Quantum long. Leap did that better than other shows did at the time. Yeah. For the time, it felt like the universe was all connected and every episode remembered every episode. But if you watch it back now, it's not as tight as as you think it, it should be compared to what television shows are like now, even the shitty ones. Even the shitty ones have to have be parts of some bigger universe and have... Episode recall. Right, and have some sort of episodic, uh, some sort of uh, serialized quality to the episodicness. It's unless you're a Dick Wolf show. And even those Dick Wolf shows became somewhat serialized too when you started to know more about the characters on SVU and like know their family life a little bit more. Like the Law and Orders used to be very, you don't, yeah. I don't care about what's going on in the Law and Orders. But, but now then all of a sudden Lenny's got a daughter. Right. And you care about all that and you're supposed to care about all that shit. And then you don't care about all that shit because that's not the kind of show it's supposed to be. But now every show has to have that because we have to have a deeper connection. And, and I mean, some shows just shouldn't have that. Some shows should just be as hollow as their existence. And it's okay to like trash. Uh, I think what's worse than a good show being bad is bad shows trying to pretend to be good. <laughs> just and be just, bad. Yeah, just be, being even worse. Just, just own your shittiness. Like Riverdale. Like Riverdale owns Broke mentioned Riverdale. Riverdale owns its shittiness more than any of those other shit awful i watched kids don't talk like this anyways it's it's it compared to some of those other quoting yeats and (laughs) gates and fucking shakespeare in their day like what kid do you know throws out more than to be or not to be or fucking uh or or like one fucking line nicole right now even her it's not it's not even the most even the biggest fucking drama geek you've ever fucking met doesn't or, or english geek you've ever fucking met each one of these kids is fucking uh doctorate red as a sophomore oh they're also they're also and they have the memory recall they're also they're quoting and trying to live by the words they like it's they're all fucking, great fighters too by the way they're all oh my they're, God. they're all it amazing Stupid. Oh, it's so stupid. It's so trash. But it owns its trash. trash. Gossip Girl, the same way. Uh, Oh, it's trash. Gossip Girl is another example. Gossip Girl owns that it's a trashy show and, like, feeds into it. Like, leans into the trash and goes, I am a fucking... I am fucking red. Uh... Broke needed that rant on Riverdale. Oh, Joe, there's, I literally cannot argue with a second of what you just said there. It's it's ridiculous trash. But I enjoy watching it because it, it owns what it is. Compared to some of those other CW shows like Arrow or The Flash, I'm looking at you, which take itself yeah. a little bit more serious and try to play themselves off as a action superhero stuff where they can't help themselves but this drama, teen drama shit kicks in. Riverdale says, fuck all. We're we're Riverdale. We're back in our teen drama pants and we're going to make this as stupid and ridiculous and over the top and unbelievable as we possibly can make it. And that's what they do, Joe. They make it the most ridiculous thing on television and I still enjoy watching it. It's fucking ridiculous. Do we have time for one more message from Jay? Let's see. Let's see. Do I have it? Uh, It hasn't shown up yet, Jay. Let me see. 
Let me see. Let me let me refresh the screen and see if it does. And then I gotta let Joe go. I know I have to let Joe go. One one more message. Here we go. Yeah, Power Rangers doesn't hold up the uh, like the show or whatever. But the, uh, the I think the original movie was cool. And also, yeah, no, no, neither does he, man, man. You reach a certain age and you can't watch the Smurfs anymore either. Let me tell you, man. The Power Rangers, no shit, that doesn't hold up. It never held up. Jay. That was your nine-year-old <laughs> fantasy, man. Your, your five-year-old fantasy. You gotta let the Power Rangers go. Oh my! God. I had to let He-Man go. I had to let GI Joe go, and those things did not hold up on rewatch. Some show- cats, as much as I loved it then, nope. Some Duck stuff Ghost. does hold up though. Real Ghostbusters, yeah, some Ghost. episode does hold up. Uh, Animaniacs. Uh, Anima- well, Animaniacs, a Steven Spielberg thing. Batman the it's Animated, Batman the Animated series uh, holds up. Batman and Beyond again, holds up. Again, these are shows that are written for the adult as much as the child. Yeah, Power Rangers was never written to be for an adult. No, He Man was never written to be for an adult. No, that was written right? to sell toys. Right, those were written for for far different reasons and and purposes. And that being said, that's the biggest reason why they will never. We're also a generation past where Power Rangers were our thing, so we don't we don't have we don't. I'm saying it. I was already like, yeah, we don't we don't have any. We're not of the age. We're more we're more Ninja Turtle, GI Joe, Transformer era people than uh, the the Power Rangers. I I mean, I I follow the Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles are a great example. I was in the prime when the Ninja Turtles popped. So I follow the Ninja Turtles through every medium that they have. I don't care if it's on the Nickelodeon series or the 2003 series or the movies. I I follow the Ninja Turtles in every single uh, version of them, every single medium that they pop up. The the new comic that's out right now is one of the best versions of the Ninja Turtles. Higher run of the original Ninja Turtles. The original one's great too, but the DW run, right? Is it DW right now? Whatever is 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 re- is really good stuff too. It brings the whole universe. 2003 series is serious but very awesome. And I consider the and even though I'm a fan of the original one, I considered the Nickelodeon series a few years ago, the CG series, to be the best of all the Ninja Turtle versions. That is the top when Jason Biggs was there, when the pie fucker was Leonardo, not when not when. Uh, Seth Green showed up, even though I like Seth Green way more than Jason Biggs. He was not a good Leonardo uh, compared to the first half of that series. But that series did some crazy shit with the Ninja Turtles that hasn't really been done and combined a lot of things. And there was also a great movie called Turtles Forever. But anyways, my point on all of that was that we have our own versions of those things that we can say connect to. Joe mentioned he meant. Uh, it's all. I mean, some of it's some of it's all. It's all trash, you know. Whatever. Ninja well, Turtles. We all have our trash that we love. We all have our trash. I love Ninja Turtles in the trash. Though, Joe, shut up. I don't even care <laughs> if it holds up because in the last episode, like- the original series, the Nickelodeon. I mean, the original '80s series. Uh, I'd say the original first couple of seasons aren't trash, but it eventually got into trash towards the end of that. That show became trash, but when it first started out, the narrative was tight enough for it to not be trash. 2003 series is not trash. It's a good representation of the comic book, especially the first few seasons of it. When it got into the space stuff, then it became trash. But uh, the original first seasons of the 2003 series was not trash. Nickelodeon series was never trash. Sorry. Makes me not want to watch the rest of the series. Fanboy, fanboy, fanboy. Trying to get back home to his family. Wait, did I just have a fanboy attack? I totally feel like I just had, I got overwhelmed by fanboyism. In the last episode, it's like he never goes home. He just spends all the the rest of his history just going through quantum quantum leaps trying to help different people. And he never, ever gets that. Like, I thought that was the dumbest. Ending ever, ending ever. It like made me regret that I watched the show 
for all those years. Kind of reminded me in in the Wonder Years when Winnie and Kevin, you found out, grew up later and got and married different people and they like, together. I'm ready to explode out because I know the ex- reason for both those things, Jay. In both examples, they were because of seasons being canceled on them. Because they knew that they didn't know when filming the final episodes in both examples that they were going to be the final episode. So they had to put it. So they had to add that cheesy voiceover to the end of that Wonder Years episode and be like, the dad died and Winnie and Kevin don't end up together and blah, 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 blah. Instead of doing a ne- another couple of seasons, they wanted to go Kevin all the way through high school. They had this whole like hippie storyline where Kevin became a pothead and started uh, screwing off a little bit and the network didn't want to do it. And with Quantum Leap, they totally did not know that was the end episode. They added that shit at the end to be like, and they fucked them all. They are all so pissed about that. They actually had a conclusion to Quantum Leap. And they talk about it sometimes or make hints at it. Both Stockwell and uh, Bakula talk about it. And both those shows got fucked by networks canceling them. So two good examples and very true. Uh, living my Rhapsody I'm so sorry that uh, you came in and we have to go but thank you so much for popping on in and thank you to everybody that was here today for this live stream for this what did Joe think Joe as always thank you so much hopefully we'll try to get with you next uh, week too, to do a quicker one of these for your thoughts on The Walking Dead episode 2 because I know everyone likes to hear what you think about every episode of The Walking Dead I'm under no uh, you know, it's really about what Joe thinks when it really comes down to it. And I don't have to play the song. I just want to hear the hate and the venom. Yeah. And the, tr- the truth. The truth. This was What a Joe Think. And everyone, thank you so much. Do appreciate that if you haven't already. Please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Share the channel with a friend. If you're listening to the podcast, give us some reviews. We really could use them on iTunes or on other audio means. Wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you share it that way too. And... Uh, over here on the YouTube channel, as I mentioned, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. There's lots of different ways you can help us out. You can start all your Amazon shopping with that link, and it helps us a little bit. You can help us out on Patreon. You can help us out just with uh, some affinity, li- affinity links, <laughs> the Affinity Wars. You can help us out with some affiliate links in the description box below and get some free Audible and all that stuff, too, if you want to help the channel out. And if you're listening to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can watch this silliness live. And always call in 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 781-990-8509. I'm not even joking about that. I mean 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You're drunk somewhere in a bathroom getting ready to expel your dinner. Make sure you call in either before or after and leave us a drunk silly message. We really encourage the voicemails and really encourage your participation in the show one way or another. Whether it's in the live motherfucking chat, calling in, emailing me, saying hi. And uh, make sure you do that. We'll get the call-in line back going pretty soon once I get set in the new studio so you guys can call in live as well. You can also, if you're out of the country and you want to leave a video message on Skype for me, which I'd play the audio, you can do that at I Got Issues Man on Skype. And you can also follow Joe on Twitter at Dirty Locks and check out Dirty Issues to hear Joe and watch Joe video game stream sometimes. And uh, yeah, we'll be back very soon. Good night. Good night, motherfucker. Oh, wait, I forgot. I owe a drum solo. So I'm sorry if this is going to be loud. Let me end the things out with a, not a drum solo, just playing the drums. This might be too loud or too soft. But here I go. Here I go. Let's play. Oh, no. What am I doing? Oh, shit.
Thanks, Big Kev, for the Super Chat donation.